And then Tyna has been good. She left Saturday morning and she's not getting back until Friday afternoon or Saturday. So oh, I'm like, she... I'm alone. And I was, she was got 10 minutes that I was bored. Like, I, I don't know. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't want to watch scary movies when she's not here. Cause I've got no support system. I'm just right. alone, <laughs> alone in the house with a cat. Not, not a good scenario. Right. Cause that cat's going to be making noise and, Knocking shit over that he's never knocked over before that's going to scare you, you know, like. back everybody to another episode of the motor mouth podcast the podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere my name is joel tyree and with me as always is my esteemed co-host the tim gerard hello hello it has been a minute two topics enter sanity left a long time ago what did you bring tim Ugh, i am gonna talk about the fuck that was the my first half of november uh (laughs) rather than potpourri it's uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) i want to talk about moon knight oh cool we got a teaser trailer we haven't talked about it you're my marvel friend (laughs) we we gotta fucking talk about moon knight moon knight's my favorite superhero i'm obsessed with the man and all three of him and yeah we should just want to talk about the character and we can you're you're a great person to talk about obscure comic characters with because you have great like questions because you know comics. It's great. Yeah, well, it, it, and I always love when I find it. You know, because there's so much that I'll know about certain aspects of things. Like I like when there's stuff that's outside of that. You know, because I yeah I I, I know a lot about comics, but I definitely don't think I know everything about comics. So I love learning more about comics, and I love especially like with Moon Knight because he was a character that I liked back in the day, but I didn't know much about him. I didn't have any of his comics, but I just like like the look of him, like the idea of him, you know, the the tie-in with like the Egyptian God. Like I thought that was really cool. But yeah, like so it's kind of nice to be like, okay, you're my Moon Knight guy. Like you you, you can tell me all the stuff about him that I need to know. Like I I like that. I like when I like I like learning. I like when, you know, uh you know, when I can add to what I already know about comics, you know, and I like you know, and I, yeah, I feel like that's also part of making it a, a good conversation that it's not just like, let me dump everything I know about comics on you. It's like, oh, you know, I know this, but I don't know about this. Please tell me more about this, you know. So, Did you see that Facebook post about like the dude at the microbrewery who's just dying to tell you about Moon Knight? And everybody I knew sent it to me. It's like, I, I'm not that bad. No. I talk about <laughs> I, I do talk about it a lot. Okay. I, I will admit that I post about because nobody cares like no i i have that great meme that i made where it's like joel's excited right, yeah, about that's, Moon that's what i was thinking you see nobody cares yeah, nobody it's, cares it's yeah. ned from, from park. park with dots dots it we got dots in here so, <laughs> yeah i i i really like yeah i mean moon knight was my my gateway back to comics like collecting as a kid i i didn't have very many i had a few that my grandma had gotten me and just kind of picked up random issues along the way some really cool weird obscure batman stuff 
Um, but Moon Knight, I, I, I found an issue in a, a used bookstore in Breckenridge when we went up for like the snow sculpture oh, nice. thing. And it was just, I, I, I bought like one of the issues and then I had to go back and get more of them. Cause it's like, this dude's just weird. And I was like, I got car sick reading the comic coming back down the mountain. I was like, this dude is weird. Like I, I just, I like, it was like nothing else. And then I started following comics like as they came out as a result of that for the first time ever. So the, the first, the 14 issues of the, uh, Jeff Lemire Moon Knight. Those are the first 14 that I went to the store every week to get. And I have all 14, oh, nice. all of those. So that's really, it's got, he's, he's very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> but enough about that. Well, a nice. little bit later, we'll get back to that. But the clusterfuck yeah. that is Tim Gerard's life. Okay. So uh, I just want to, I just want to make sure I have uh, quick access to my calendar so I can get it right because this goes <laughs> over much, much time. And I want to make sure I'm getting it right. So, so it starts Halloween night. Um, a dark I'm, and spooky night. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm running a little behind in my classes. So that's something that's been kind of happening. Is like it's it's way more work than I thought it was going to be. And there are certain times I'm just like scrambling to keep up. I you know again, I don't know if I told you at the beginning. Like I had uh, done some uh, substitute lessons right. for one of the other teachers at the studio, and and realized that was a mistake. Like I should not be taking another whole day. So I think Halloween night, I think I was running a little behind. It was kind of like, you know, cause our work's supposed to be done by Sunday, but I've slowly been like, oh, okay, fit, you know, it's supposed to be done at midnight East coast time, which is 10 o'clock here. And I'm like, okay, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, you get points off because you handed it in midnight your time. You know, uh, a few assignments I had finished at like, you know, five, six, seven o'clock in the morning. Um, oh, which I should also say. So for one of my classes, I was like, why? I was like, there's another reason why this was such a fuck. And I was like, that's right. Uh, for one of my classes, we had to pick a, find a director we're going to work with and score their film as sort of one of our class components. So the, the guy ended up working with, um, the film he's doing, it's actually, I mean, he's directing it, but it's for, I think it's one of the actors, uh, for his thesis. Oh, so like he's, I think he's going to school, I think for acting. So, so the guy I'm working with, he had to make this film so that this guy could act in it basically. Um, and that's the film that I was scoring. And he had told me a while ago, like, Oh, his thesis defense is November 2nd. Oh, wow. So, which is like way earlier than the end of our class. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, like I'll be ahead of the game with this piece, you know? And, you know, one of the things he had said is like, you know, you know, look, even if you just need to do sort of a rough draft just so we can have something done music wise. And then after that defense, like, he's like, I want to show this in festivals so we can take our time. We can revisit the music, fix it. I was like, all right, that's great. Oh, wow. So that's cool. coming up to that point, I was asking him, I was like, I know the thesis defense is on the second, but when do you need my final copy of the music to be able to put into it and have time? So uh, I think uh, earlier the week, the last week of October, he said, Oh, like, you know, we need to have our proof of concept to hand in on Sunday on the 31st on Halloween. So he's like, so if you could get it to us by like Sunday, you know, morning or afternoon so that we could have time to do it and submit it by midnight Sunday night. So how so I was like, how long is the film? And when, when did you have this conversation with them? Uh, it's, it's 15 minutes long. Okay. And to be fair, I, I had it for a while and I was kind of putting it off because I had other more urgent due dates. 
Um, and we'd already kind of discussed some of the music. He liked what I was doing. It was just a matter of me kind of sitting down and fleshing everything out, putting it to picture. And I th- so I think it was like earlier in that week where he was like, oh yeah. So, so, so what I told myself was like, okay, I need to finish this Saturday before I go to bed. I, I don't want to wake up Sunday and be like, I'll finish it Sunday morning. I'll get up early. Right. No, I'll end up, you know, so I was up till I stayed up all night, Saturday night till like nine o'clock in the morning. Sunday morning was when I went to bed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so just to kind of give you, so this is leading up to this. So I don't do that for like, pleasure anymore, man. I couldn't do an all night early. Again. It was, it was tough. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I've done a few nights, like since school started staying up to like four or five, six o'clock in the morning. Um, but yeah, that was like, I think at least the new, I don't know if it was a record in terms of all time. Cause I'm sure there are other times I've stayed up later. Um, but that was definitely like up there with like the latest I've stayed up, you know, going on. Yeah, we went so, when we were going to Wheeling. So that Thursday night, we had mm-hmm. uh, the Eternals screening and oh, kind of right. hadn't packed. And we had a super early flight. Like we had to like leave at like four to get there and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Tyna was like, yeah, I'll just pull an all nighter. And we were like, as we got out of the movie, it was like, there's no way. I'm I'm not getting any sleep tonight. I we we have to sleep. There's no we we are not built that way anymore. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. we'll see. At least I feel like I could have pulled it off in that sense because it's like if you had things to do, right? Um, and I think I've done that before, where I've had like a flight at like six in the morning, where the flight leaves at six. So it's just like you know what, bring me to the airport the night before, and I'll just stay up and you know or you know pass out at the airport can you imagine that i used to just like sit at the airport and sleep i don't, I don't even want to think about how but but anyway like, like yeah like the i you know i don't mind i don't mind going to the airport now that i have i have my sanitizer and my mask i'm i'm mm-hmm. fine because when i would used to fly i would get i had a cold every time after i flew the second mm-hmm. i used sanitizer i was never sick again knock wood but like that is so like I'm great now. I could just breathe normally. I, I don't, I'm That's true. Yeah, you're better off now. Yeah, dude, I got so much reading done. Like, I can't sleep on flights. I've tried. I'm too big. Six five does not yeah, work, fair. even in the emergency room. Like, I can't mm-hmm. do it. So this time, I brought a book, and I my first Stephen King. I've never ever read anything by Stephen King before. Oh shit! Which so one? I started reading Insomnia, oh, which okay. is outstanding. I'm really enjoying it, but I haven't read it since I got back from West Virginia mm-hmm. because I every time I sit down, I get comfortable and fall asleep. <laughs> so anyway, little detraction there. So, so so anyway, that was just sort of a prelude to this. At that time, I didn't know what was coming. So I was just kind of like, whatever, just going to get this done. And then I'm sure I, I forget what time I woke up on Sunday. It was probably like at least two in the afternoon-ish. Like, wow. um, you know, my, yeah, my sleep schedule has been fucked up since going back to school, which, which is fine. Like I, as a composer, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, but so then like on Sunday, it was like, okay, fuck now I've got to play catch up. I've got to catch up on all the other regular schoolwork that's due Sunday night because I had to stop everything to spend all day Saturday finishing this, this film. So Sunday, you know, I get up, do whatever. All right. I'm in the office. I'm like, okay, I got to finish this stuff, but I think I could do it. I think I can pull it off. So Krista comes in maybe 11 o'clock at night and is like, I smell gas in the hallway. So I'm like, Oh, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. Like, you know, and so I kind of go out and I like smelled that I, I couldn't really smell it. And she's like, yeah, you know, I smell it right here. 
I was like, okay. And, uh, and I was like, well, what did you smell in, inside the water heater closet? You know, cause our water heater, you know, she was in that part of the hallway and our water heater runs on gas. So I opened the door and like, as I opened the door, like I get a whiff of it oh wafting my into my face. I was like, okay, now I smell it. Jesus. So, so we're like, oh God, we got to get out of here. Okay. So what do we do? And it's like, oh, don't, you know, and they, they, they even tell you like, don't turn off appliances. So it's not even, you know, cause I think even that can cause a spark. Yeah, you don't want any static. Yeah, so like the the dryer was running at the time, uh, so we're just like, okay, like let's let's get the cats and get out of here. And so we we went outside, and luckily it wasn't like super bad, and we couldn't smell it out because they even say like, oh, if you smell gas outside, don't start your car. Um, So we didn't smell it outside, so we actually started her car so we could kind of pull into the the street that was you know farther away. Right. So we call Excel. Uh, we called property management just to let them know, which, so this is, this is one, one thing is like our, our old apartment cornerstone actually has like, uh, an emergency, like after hours number you can call. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, like if your heat goes out in the middle of Saturday night and it's freezing, like there is someone who will come fix your heat like right. over the weekend, you know? So our, our new property management is kind of the opposite as you'll see. <laughs> so <laughs> So they've been very hands-off. Yeah. So Excel shows up, we leave him and we're like, oh, it's Sunday night. You know, we don't even know if the property management's still gonna answer or not, whatever. So we call them just to leave a message that they have it first thing Monday is more our thinking. Krista calls her mom. It's like, oh, we may have to we have a gas leak, we may have to come stay with you, whatever. Excel shows up, they go through, and the guy is like, he's got this little sniffer tool and he's going around and he's like, Oh yeah, he went in our water heater closet, he went into uh which so first of all, here's here's nightmare number one is just like, oh fuck, we've got to like let someone in our house, which is like our nightmare. It's like mm-hmm. our house is like our one place, we feel safe, we feel secure. And that's what we're thinking too, is like when, when people come in, you know, and you know, we're, we're like, okay, sure. Like you're going to leave, but you've been breathing in our apartment. Like your, your, your air is in our, you know, how long before, you know, whatever potential COVID germs you have that are now floating around in our space are going to go away. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, at least if we have to go stay at Krista's mom's. We can leave this place. We don't have to sleep in the same place where this guy has just been breathing for however right. long. And and I, th- I was also all flustered too. Cause like when he first pulled up, we were outside. I didn't have a mask on yet. Like, cause I didn't know what, what has to happen. And then like, we're like, oh, okay, we're going in. And like, uh, I, I went to get my mask out of the car and then I went in and he like was in the place without a mask on. And I was like, oh, do you have a mask you could put on? And he was like, oh yeah, hang on a minute. You know? And it was just like, what the fuck, you know? So, so he finds the, the leak. It's one of, it's an old valve in our, our furnace closet. So like okay. where the gas kind of comes in, I guess it was this old, old school valve where it's like, oh yeah, you get a wrench and you turn this thing and that shuts off the valve. Well, they had since put in a newer valve, but they didn't replace the old valve. Uh, so, so this just... thing that has a moving part, it just you know wore out, started leaking. So that was the thing. So he went outside, turned off our gas like to the meter at the source and put a lock on it so we couldn't turn it back on and gives us this red tag. And it's like, it has a description. It's like, here, you have to get fixed get this fixed before we come back to turn, you know, turn the, the gas back on, you know, cause it's not safe. And he's like, you know, and I was like, Oh, well, you know, I was kind of asking like, what's the deal. And he's like, well, I'm going to make it safe for tonight. So like by turning off the gas, there's no more leak. There's no more gas, but you also don't have heat or hot water, you know, Jesus. and, and I won't, and we can't turn it on until the heat, the, the leak is fixed. So we're like, yeah, okay. We can't stay here with no heat or hot water. So like we, 
we, you know, we're, luckily we were able to go back in the house, turn all off all the stuff, pack up some clothes, and we went right. to stay at Krista's mom's. And she has three cats. Now, luckily, she has like a sort of a guest room and then this other kind of spare room. So we actually were able to put our two cats in one room. Um, and then we were sleeping in the other room. You know, the cats, what was what was nice was they didn't like being sort of put in their crates. But once they got there, they were kind of like, oh, this is kind of nice. Like, there's actually like, there's a bed in that room. They're like, oh, we have a couch to ourselves, but we don't have a bed. No, this is nice. So like they settled in real quick. Like nice. we would go in, they'd be purring and, you know, so, so it's like, okay, they're, they're fine here. The kids are fine. And uh, yeah. So that was Sunday night. I think we, we didn't get to her mom's house till like two in the morning, Sunday, Sunday night. Oh geez. So like that was fucked up. Cause like, you know, she, she works from home, but she has to work the next day. Krista was supposed to work the next day. It was like this whole, whole big thing. It's like, what are we going to, you know, do, I think um, the next morning, Krista ended up either, I, I don't know if she called in or I think she may have said like, oh, can I just work from home? Like we're dealing with this shit. I'm up in Broomfield, you know, and she ended up, uh, I think, canceling shit or rehearsal that night for the choir that she's in. So we go there thinking, okay, we'll, we'll hear from the property management first thing Monday morning. They'll get it fixed. You know, we'll be back in Monday night. So, nope. So I, I, I talked to them, it's probably like afternoon sometime. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're calling around. We're trying to get this, this, and that. Um, right now, the earliest it looks like we've got someone who can come do it is Thursday. What the fuck? Yeah. So so this is part of the thing is that they, they don't have, like, their own staff, I don't think. They basically just the same way any person who owns a house has to, like, call a specialist to come do whatever – like, so that's what they're doing. They're calling their kind of list of people, like their plumbers, their HVAC people who they've worked with before, but who don't work with them. And be like, hey, do you, and I guess part of, I think what it was is that this time of year is before winter, people are right. like, oh, I want to make an appointment for you to come check out my furnace before winter starts. So I think a lot of them were booked doing all of that stuff. And it was like, oh, like, but, but this is kind of an emergency, like, you know, and, and, you know, that's what, you know, Kristen and her mom were saying is like, a lot of places will do, you know, do an emergency thing, but you have to pay extra. They probably just don't want to pay extra. So I was like, well, what if, you know, I find someone who can come out and then have them go through you, this, this, that. So, so anyway, like, you know, we spent some time like making some calls, calling some other people around, uh, routing them to that. And they eventually said, what did they say? I think they found someone who could come wednesday and then i think they a little later they said oh someone had a cancellation and i think they were able to come on monday like later that night oh wow so what happened yeah so i'm trying to yeah i'm looking at my calendar because i actually marked all this shit so yeah so the first monday um oh that's what it was i'm sorry so no we actually left the cats there the first night because we're like okay the cats have have hair you know they'll be fine you know one night you know um, whereas like we, we couldn't shower, you know, and anything like that. So it's like, so yeah, we didn't want to, we, we thought it was best for the, for the cats to not have to like, cause we were like, Oh, if it's just one day, if we're coming back tomorrow, we don't want to uproot them for nothing. Gotcha. That's right. When we found out it might hit take all week. That's when we said, okay, we've got to go gotcha. get the cats. So Monday we drove back to get the cats. And I think on our way there, he was like, Oh yeah, someone had a cancellation. So like there was someone there when we showed up to get the cats who was looking at our furnace. So this guy was like, looking back now, I'm kind of like, what an asshole. Cause he was like, well, your furnace is really old. You should probably just replace the whole furnace because eventually the furnace is going to start leaking. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, it'll cost, 
$5,000 to get a new furnace, but you should do that because this furnace is so old. If you have to wait for the parts, it'll take months. So it spun out into this whole thing. So the property manager was talking to the landlord. The landlord's like, well, I want a second opinion from a guy I trust. That guy can come in on Tuesday. So we're like, okay, I guess, yeah, we'll wait one more day. Which looking so back at first, like I was a like... a bidding fucking war in front of like... Yeah, I th- which, I, yeah, I think that's part of what was happening. And at first I was like irritated at the landlord. But then I was also like, well, wait a minute. This guy wasn't hired to replace the furnace or fix the furnace. He was re- hired to replace a valve. Like, do your fucking job. You know, don't look for other things that you can make money off of, you know. So the landlord's guy, he fixed that valve. So he changed that valve and they're like, yep, he fixed it. So I'm like, okay, I can call Excel to come do the, do the, put, turn the gas back on. And I think on actually on Monday, that's right. Going back to Monday, I called Excel to be like, Hey, I just wanted to double check when they do fix it. What am I supposed to do? Do I call it? They're like, yep, call this number. And they're like, just to let you know, it can take up to one to three business days before we can have someone go out to turn your gas back on. Because, you know, oh, we're servicing this and that. And if there's a leak, someone's going to... And I'm like, oh, I understand that. That someone's gas leaking takes priority over this. But, like, I couldn't even, like, make an appointment. Like, you just call them and say, hey, when you get a chance, come turn my gas on. And at any time from 8 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, they'll they'll just show up. They're like, well, there has to be someone there 18, you know, 18 years or older. And that was the thing, too. They wouldn't just turn the gas on outside. They had to Somebody test to it first. with you, yeah. Yeah. So like, so I was like, what the hell? So I called, yeah, I called them on Tuesday after the landlord fixed it. And luckily it was late enough in the day where I was like, they're probably not going to come today. I'm just going to relax. We're still at Krista's mom's. Um, So then Wednesday, I went back to the apartment to just basically wait there all day. So like with my, my OCD and stuff, like I, you know, I don't want to just like come home and be like, oh, I've been outside touching stuff. I'm just going to sit at my computer. You know, it's like if I was going to use my computer, I wanted to like shower, be clean, all this stuff. Uh, luckily, Krista isn't as particular. So she let me use her computer. Um, and I messaged my professors too. I'm like, just so you know, like we had a gas leak, like we've been out of our house, like, you know, and I, I kind of, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, I didn't get to bring my computer with me. I think we're only going to be here for a day or two. I've been able to do stuff on my wife's computer because a lot of it is done online. But like all of my like, you know, music writing software is all on my computer. So I couldn't do any of that. So they were like, oh, yeah, just, you know, catch up when you can. So, yeah. So Wednesday, I'm kind of getting the work done. Luckily, someone came like soon after I showed up. So it wasn't like I was sitting around all day and then it's like, oh, 935, someone shows up. So it was like, right. okay, cool. So when he come in, came in to check everything, he's looking around. He's like, oh, well, why didn't they change the valve in your water heater closet too? That one's all, all also old. They should have changed that while they were oh away. And your doors should have vents in them because, the, you know, these, you know, in order for the combustion to take place, they need air to get in here. You should have vents. So I was like, I was like, I, I don't know, man. I just live here. And he's like, all right, whatever. So the leak was fixed. So he turned off the, you know, he said, oh, he said he did a pressure test from outside without even coming in and he's like yeah the gas is fine so it's like okay cool so we're like yeah we're gonna go back to life so sweet so like i i told krista and then i think i went back to her mom's so we could get the cats and everything yeah so i ended up having i i had to skip the class that i normally have on wednesdays because we were in the process of like okay the place is safe again let's go get our shit moved back in right so by the night of the third we were moved back in Uh, But again, like, you know, by the time we went all the way back to Broomfield, packed the cats up, all plus all the food we bought, came back, took showers. It was like, you know, late Wednesday night. It's like, 
fuck, like I, I've gotten a little bit of work done, but like on Sunday I had work I was trying to finish that was due Sunday. It's now Wednesday night and I, you know, barely done any of that. Right. So I'm scrambling to play catch up. Uh, and that brings us to Saturday. So I'm in the office again, working on stuff. Krista's doing laundry again, about six ish PM. She comes in, she's like, I'm smelling gas again. Son of a fucking bitch. And oh I'm like, God. you know what? And, and so, and I didn't smell it again, but I'm like, you know what? You smelled it last time and it was, so I'm going to take your word for it. So, you know, we just said, yep, let's pack the cats up, go wait outside again, call Excel again. Excel shows up. Let me see. I have this written out. I want to make sure I get all the details. This uh, is crazy. Like I'm really like starting to appreciate my, my realty company. Cause they, they have, <laughs> yeah. they have somebody who will come. So like, if all you have like a plumbing issue or like a drain issue, they've got somebody on call they've got right, like yeah so they can come and do that yeah and they pay the people to just yeah and even even that time when we got our our gas turned off right, by excel yeah, they came i guess they came to turn somebody else's off and they locked my, mine by accident like it, they were able to call and because of their relationship with excel that was resolved within two or three hours like right. it could have been this fucking hell okay I, after yeah. after we get to the, the summation. I really, we, we need to discuss, do you think moving, had you been in the other place during the pandemic, do you think your life would be better or worse? Well, I, I mean, need later fair, in, later in, in the, yeah, yeah. we'll get to that. That'll be where we're right. little sizzle for later. Right. Yeah. No. And we've, we've definitely thought about that and discussed it. So yeah, we can come back to that. So, okay. So yeah, so this is Saturday night. So we smell gas again. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah, we call Excel. Uh, so this is the 6th, November 6th. So this guy shows up and he's going through stuff and he's looking at our stuff and he's like, you know, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of gas here and a little bit here. And, uh, you know, and he was, he also noticed the the old valve and he's like, oh, it could be coming from here. And I was telling him what's happened already, you know, this and that, like repeating the same story over and over again. And he also brought up like, yeah, the doors should have vents in them. And he's like, at first he's like, well, I'm going to give you a yellow tag, which means, you know, you got a fence put in these doors. You should get that valve fixed. But for right now, it's okay. Um, but, you know, as a way of kind of like showing the seriousness to the landlord, like this isn't just like, oh, whatever. It's not red. Like we're not turning your gas off. So then he goes outside and he comes back in. He's like, actually, I just ran a pressure test from outside and it failed, which means there's another leak. So yeah. it wasn't just like you know, whatever. So he's like, so I have to turn your gas off and give you red. So I got two red tags that oh time. Oh my God. In soccer, that so, means you're done. Double red. You're, you're gone. You're right. out of game. That's yeah. the apartment. They're done. They're, you yeah. cannot apart anymore. No aparting. You lose. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So yes, yeah, so we got the two red tags. So it's this list. And so, you know, we text the property management again and I took pictures of the tags. I did that last time too. And I was like, and I actually wrote out in the text, I was like, here's what they said you have to fix just in case they couldn't read his handwriting from the tags. I was like, you know, uh, oh, the other thing he pointed out. So, so where the gas pipe comes down, like the, the, I think they're cast iron, the pipes, I think, or steel, the pipes that's coming down, there's this little like flex, like rubber, you know, this bendy hose to kind yeah. of connect to the thing, right. which I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like you can't really move around these solid pipes, but you got to get it there. So the valve was after the, the, the flex pipe before okay. going into it. And he's like, this should be before. 
Because if you get a leak in your flex pipe, turning the gas off at this point isn't going to do anything. It's still going to leak out. And I guess that's what the valve is, is for, you know, whereas here's this, you know, you've got this like steel or like I said, cast iron, those solid pipes probably aren't going to leak. You know, right. that other part is, it was a valve that had a moving part. That's why it was leaking. But this plastic pipe is, if anything is going to leak, it's this. So the valve should be before that. So you can turn off the supply of gas to the thing that's leaking, but they had it after it. So that was the thing. He's like, this should be before the flex pipe. Same thing in the water heater closet. The one he was like, the one, the water heater closet, it's out of, it's out of code. Like you need a wrench to turn that off. You know? So it's like, if you have a leak in your place, you need to turn that off. You're going to be running around looking for a wrench. It should be something that you can turn finger tight, you know, quarter turn by hand. So, and then he's like, yeah, and you need vents in these doors because they need air to be able to get in. So he wrote all that stuff up. I made a list and I was like, here's all the stuff they said we have to have fixed. God. Yeah. So I'm looking, I'm sorry, looking at my calendar and it's just like, there's a span. So that was Saturday night. Have they comped you any rent for any of this? Well, here's part of it is like, I'm, since this happened in November and right after we had paid rent, I'm like, you know, okay, before December, I'm going to draft an email and be like, here's the amount we would expect off for the amount of days we're out of our apartment. No fucking kidding. So I was on the phone with them on and off all week texting, like what's going on. And it's like, Oh, we got to get someone to come in to do, you know, the valve, but then, you know, someone else who has to put the vents in the doors, this, this, and that. So throughout the week, yeah, it was kind of like, okay. So I guess I didn't mark what day there was one day, I think early on in the week, we'll say around Tuesday ish where they had, they're like, oh yeah, you know, came in and we fixed that other valve, but someone else has to come in to do the the vents. And then he's like, oh, you know, we're thinking someone can maybe come in on Thursday. Our construction team might be able to come in Thursday to put the vents in, you know, because that's like a different thing. You know, the valves, I think that's like a plumber or HVAC person who does that. Whereas mm-hmm. like cutting a hole in a door to put a vent, you know, that's the construction team or whatever. It's like, okay, like I, I get it, but why does it take everybody fucking days so finally, and I think there was a day where I was like texting him and he just didn't respond at all. I think it was like Wednesday. And then on Thursday, he was like, oh, someone's coming in first thing Friday morning. And I was like, okay, just in the nick of time, you know, he's going to be there, you know, first thing probably. And he's like, before they're going to the construction site that they're doing. So I'm guessing they're going to go there at like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And like this whole time too, I'm like, look, just to be clear, like we're not in our apartment and you're going to have to let them in. Like that was part of it too, is like, we wanted to make it clear. Like, I'm not going to drive all the way there to let some asshole and then stand around while he works and then drive all the way back. Like you've got to deal with this. I think what they ended up doing was putting a little lockbox on the door with one of our keys in it. So like they would give them the code Gotcha. So Friday, it's like, I think noon. And it was like, okay, haven't heard anything saying, yep, the vents are good. You're good to go. So I texted him. I think it took a few hours to hear back. And then I think around like two or three, he was like, okay, the construction team is on the way to your apartment now. And it's like, it's, it's like three, like you said, eight, like you said, what the fuck? And then at one point, I think I went to text them again. And as I was texting him, I think he texted me and was like, okay, they just finished putting the vents in your doors. You're good to go. I was like, fuck. So called Excel. And then basically it was just like, all right, I'm going to call Excel. I'm going to you know, get dressed and then leave. So luckily I was like, I think 15 minutes from my apartment. And the guy called and was like, oh, I'm here from Excel to turn the power back on. I was like, I was like, I'm like 10 minutes away. Like if you could wait, he's like, okay, yeah, I'll start doing this and that. I was like, awesome. So I get there. He said, uh, by the time I got there, he said, oh, I had already done the pressure test and you're, you know, you're fine. Uh, and I did this and I kind of, I think I showed him and I was kind of asking him some questions. I was like, look, we had this fixed once and they said it was okay. And then 
later there was another leak. So I kind of kept him there while like asking him questions and he was checking different things. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So I, that was another part of it. So let me back up. So when the second XL guy or the third guy came to turn our gas off the second time, he actually completely disconnected our meter because he said, you know, when the plumber comes to fix this, they have to be able to do a pressure test of their own to make sure it's fixed. And they have to like basically supply, like I think they said five pounds of pressure and make sure there's no leak. And that was one of the things that they tried to say the first time, like, well, the first guy didn't disconnect it. So we couldn't run our own pressure test. And it's like, all right, fine. So when this guy came, he had to run his own pressure test, hook everything back up. So I show up and he's already put it back together. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks for waiting. And he's like, oh, so there's a bunch of air in your pipes now. You're going to have to have the plumber come out to like get the air out. And I was like, what? And then he's like, he's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's close enough. Let me try. So luckily, like he went in, we turned on the furnace and basically just let it try to start a bunch of times until the gas was getting through. And then went to the water heater and he like kept just trying to light the pilot until it lit. So I was like, thank God. So we just like fucking did it. Excel then, seems to be like the hero of this story. Like Excel seems to be like. Uh, kind ish. of, except that like part of what I wish is that they were a little more consistent. I feel like a lot of the people there kind of knew different things about different things. And like sometimes I, I would get different. Like I said, like that first guy didn't disconnect the meter so that right. the plumber could do the pressure test, which maybe if they had done that, they would have found the second leak and fixed it all at once you know and or yeah one guy said like oh these valves aren't up to code and then another guy was like yeah the valves weren't weren't up to code he's like well they're not not up to code they're just old and it's just like okay which is it like what the bunch of fucking mavericks over at the heating and gas what the fuck yeah I i think that's part of it it's probably just like a bunch of them are probably people who know a bunch of stuff and they're like, Oh, so I'll work at Excel. And then some of them are probably like, I don't know much, but Excel can train me. So the, you probably have the people who have been taught the bare minimum by Excel and then other people who are maybe like previously plumbers or something. So they've learned right. it from the other side. So anyway, so that was Friday. So he kind of went through, I kind of grilled him constantly. Like, is this working? Does this good? Did you do the pressure test? Like, you, you know, cause we already had a pressure test and, and then it leaked again. Like, can you check this? Um, so Everything was up and running when he left on Friday. So we're like, okay, good. So this is the 12th now. Remember, this started on Thanksgiving and Halloween. This is the 12th. So, yeah. I pulled so, up my so then, calendar so I can follow along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, so, you can so, too. Yeah. Pull up November 2021. From whatever year you're listening from, this is yeah. JC Kasem. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite unaired sketch, <laughs> the case. So, by the way, during this week, I was, you know, getting able to get a decent amount of work stuff. And because I like, I knew we were going to be there for a lot longer. I actually did like pack up my computer and bring it to, to Krista's mom's house. So I was like, I, you know, I need to be able to get work done. I can't just not do anything for a week straight. Right. Um, and I actually had to teach some lessons remotely and stuff like that. So, so it kind of, you know, it, it worked. It was, it wasn't as bad as it could have been in terms of like, if we either had to stay at some shitty motel or whatever, you know, right. who knows, like, you know, if Krista didn't have family who lived nearby. It was also worse, worse for Krista too, because she still had to uh, work at the library and drive back and forth from Broomfield right. to DU She's every day. Commuting, Jesus. Yeah. So that sucked. So then when this was fixed on Friday and we were kind of just both burnt out and Krista was like, do you want to just like 
stay at my mom's tonight and then deal with moving everything back tomorrow. I was like, yes, please. Can we do that? Can we not have to be like, Oh, it's eight o'clock at night. Let's drive back to Broomfield, do all that, you know? So it was, it was nice. I just drove back to her mom's. Like we had dinner. It was a nice relaxing night. And it was like, you know, in the back of my mind's like, ha, our apartment's fixed. Like we're just staying here now, whatever we can, you know, wake, you know, sleep in, wake up when we want to go back. Because of that, we ended up kind of, you know, taking our sweet time. So, you know, we get back in Saturday, you know, kind of later than we would have liked to, you know, we finally get everything moved in. Krista's like, all right, I need to do laundry. Starts doing laundry and she starts smelling gas again. So you gotta be fucking kidding me. What? So we call Excel again. What the fuck? Do you get yeah, a punch so, card at this point? Like I know, right? Yeah, I get a free sub. So <laughs> you know those Excel brand subs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're great. It's like gas station sushi. So, so this guy comes out, and he was he was actually very thorough. He was here for like an hour, just kind of like going through stuff with me, checking stuff repeatedly. You know, like um, you know, I was telling him that, so this was the fifth guy to come out. So one guy to turn it off, another guy to turn it on, another guy to turn it off the second time, another time to guy to turn it on the second time. Then there's this guy. He was, he went through and he did, um, he basically showed me like he took, we turned off the furnace, we turned off the pilot light to our water heater. Mm-hmm. And then he went out and showed me our meter and said like, okay, see where that needle is. So if you have a leak, even though we've turned off the, ga- the gas, that needle is going to be moving because right. the gas is going somewhere. So we left that for, I think, like 10 minutes. And he even showed me, like, even for the pilot light for the water heater, he said it's like, you know, a stream that's like thinner than my thumbnail. You know, even with that much coming out, like, you'll see the, the, the dial turning because it's using gas. So we left it, did a bunch of other stuff, came back like 10 minutes later. The needle was like right where it was before. There's there's no leak in your system. Like your line is fine. Turn everything back on again. And he's like, but you know, where, so where the gas comes in from our building, it's on the outside wall, like between where our bedroom and our office is. So all four pipes come in through like our apartment and like go up, I think into the ceiling because our gas Mm. pipes come down from the ceiling. So, so he's like, you know, it's possible that one of those other lines is leaking like in the, in the walls, whatever. So, and here's what he does. Here's, here's what he does, which I mean, he's trying to do his job. So he's like, where does this come in? I was like, go from there. He's like, Oh, can I, can I go in the office? I was like, yes. So opens the door. He walks in, he's like, got the thing up against the wall. He's like testing it. And I was like, you know, oh, she smells him over there. He's like, okay, goes over where my bookcase is. He's got his little sniffer tool. He's putting it up in the corner. He's like hitting it on all my board games that are on top of my bookcase. He like comes down the wall. He hits it on the headstock of my guitar. You know, he's walking like behind where my desk is at the window, kind of like checking the walls, like where all the pipes are coming in. I'm hearing Um, opera music. Like this is worst case fucking scenario. (laughs) Like slow-mo. He he goes over to Krista's desk. Oh, and he had a a little bottle of like soapy water, which he used, you know, like you'll spray it on stuff. And if it bubbles, it means there's a leak because there's air coming out. So he had that. He puts that in his his work gloves down on Krista's desk, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I was like, you know, and kind of, and like at one point he's like going to leave, and he forgets his gloves. Like, you forgot your gloves. Don't forget your gloves. Like, get those. Fuck- I don't. I don't get them out. <laughs> Unclean. So like, Jesus. So so yeah. So he gets them. He walks out. He he's like, "Oh, you know, can I check the bedroom too?" And I was like. And he's just like, I'm not here to judge. I don't care what it looks like. I just, I was just like, this is not fine. I'm not embarrassed for me. (laughs) Yeah. 
So he like, he goes in and he had to like walk around our bed, which there isn't a lot of room between our bed and like the wall, like the foot of the bed. And we have this big puffy comforter. So as he's walking around, it's like, I'm sure his pants are just like grazing all along our sheets and blankets. And he goes over to like Krista's side of the bed, like where her nightstand is. And he's like, got the thing up in the wall and he's like, you know, checking. And I'm just like, God damn it. I was like, so even if there isn't a gas leak, now we have to deal with all this shit. So, so he leaves and he's like, he's like, yeah, what I'm getting on the meter is like 0.5, like whatever. I don't know what that is. And I was like, well, I was like, is that, I was like, that means nothing to me. And I was, you know, he's, I mean, I'd say it like a dick like that. I was just like, so what is that good? Is that bad? And he's like, dangerous is 20. So that's okay. like where we say like, get out of the house. We have to turn the gas off. So we were at 0.5. So he's like, you know, it depends on your comfort level. And so, you know, and, and again, because our line wasn't leaking, he wasn't going to turn our line off. That's not going to do anything. So he's like, you know, what I would suggest now is, you know, if you could talk to your neighbors, see if any of them are smelling gas, maybe, you know, maybe one of their lines is leaking this, that, and the other thing. So luckily as he was leaving, our upstairs neighbor went outside. So I kind of you know grabbed her real quick. I was like, Hey, are you smelling gas at all? Cause we just had a gas leak and, you know, kind of give her the abridged version. She's like, no, I haven't. She's like, but you know, I'm, I'm leaving now. But when I get back, I was like, I was like, you know, we've been smelling it like around our water heater closet. You know, if you open the door, she's like, oh, I don't open that door. So she's like, but I'll check it when I get back. So, so she leaves. Excel guy leaves. Chris and I are like, okay, what do we do? Like, do we go back to your mom's? Like, there's still gas, but he didn't say it's not safe. So, which day is this? Are we so still on the 12th? This is, uh, no, sorry, this is the 13th. Yeah. So the 12th okay, was when it got turned back on. We stayed at Krista's that mom's that night, right? So that we didn't have yeah, to do it okay. like Friday. This is later so on it's, Saturday. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is Saturday. We packed up the cats, all our shit, brought it all back. So we're like, "Yay, it's fixed. We're moving back in." So I kind of go outside. I tell her everything, and it's just like, "All right, I guess you know if he says it's safe, we'll just stay here." And I was like, "By the way," so I had to tell her all the shit that got touched. All the so. so so we come back in. So now we've got to like sanitize all this shit. Like I told her, I was like, he put, you know, this bottle of his gloves down on your desk. So she had to like, you know, sanitize her desk. You know, we had to like wash the sheets. Cause it's just like, I don't know what exactly he did or didn't touch, but I don't want my like sleeping body to be rolling around where his like pants have been, you know? So, so like, you know, she, you know, I helped her strip the bed and we, and we had this, like, we have this big, like heavy comforter that has like a cover. So we had to like take the cover off the thing. So she had to do a bunch of laundry while I was like doing other stuff. And it was just like, and then we still had to shower and all that. So yeah, it was just like, so yeah. So Saturday ended up being probably what Friday would have been if we had gone home Friday night. And it was like, oh, we're like, yeah, well, no, we'll have a nice relaxing night. And then Saturday will be nice and chill. And it was like, no, Saturday was not fucking chill. So can so I say this about fun. the OCD? I, I'm noticing OCD yeah. causes good storytelling because of the detail oriented yeah. imagination. Like through this podcast, and this could be a positive or a negative. I have seen mm. the world through your eyes. And it's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> it is. It's the like, fucking worst. The, like, I don't. I never thought about germs in in quite the same way <laughs> before, and now I'm very much. I feel like. Your neuroses is catching a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and that's not my intent. I never want no, I to. Know, I, would, I, I wouldn't I wish know. this on my worst enemy. <laughs> I'm just you know. aware of it now. It's one of those things where yeah. it's like somebody tells you there's a pink elephant. You you think about it. It's there. It's always like, right. I'm just aware of it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah. I mean, that's how it's been for me. It's. I mean, only no one told me I would notice things, but once I noticed them, I couldn't unsee them, and it was just like that would just build on top until it was just like this mountain of like disgusting things that people do. But it's um, great for storytelling because every story is about 
this happens, so this happens. And that's yeah. all the catastrophizing is, is, well, if this mm-hmm. happens, this will set off a chain of react, chain of events. And the, yeah. like, well, and, and that's what was so shitty about this too, is that like when, when people have had to keep coming in to fix our, like the way our apartment's set up, like there's kind of like almost a straight line coming in the door, going to where our water heater and furnace closets are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so it's in the hallway. It's like, okay, if they have to come in here, this is the place to be. It's, it's, you know, it's not like they're they're Oh, I have to fix your, your oven. So I'm going to be rolling around in your kitchen floor where you make food, you know, like they haven't had to come into kitchen, you know? So this was the thing is like, up until this point, the first four times Excel had to come in and these other people who have fixed stuff, like they, that's where they've been is in that little hallway. It's like, that's fine. Whatever. You know, we just walk through there. We don't hang out there, you know? And then, but to have them like come into the office where we're come into our bedroom, it's just like, you know, where, and that's the thing too, is in the, in the uh, hallway, we don't have carpeting. It's like, like right. that's just like fake hardwood floor stuff. So it's like, Oh, throw some alcohol wipes down to wipe the floor vacuum. No problem. So it's like, now they're walking in to our carpeted rooms with their shoes on that we don't even wear our shoes in here, you know? And right. it's like, so it's just like up the ante, like so much. And it was just like, God damn it. I hate all this. So, so then, okay. So he leaves. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we've got to clean everything up now. We kind of settle in. We're like, okay, you know, like this is, this is going to be okay. Like he said, it's safe. We can live here. If we smell gas again, we know, we know what to do. We're getting good at this now. So, so Sunday we're watching TV and the upstairs neighbor's boyfriend comes down and like knocks on our window. So Chris opens a window to talk to him and he's like, he's like, Hey, yeah, we, we did smell gas upstairs, you know, in the water heater closet. And he's like, what, what did you guys do? Did you fix it yourself? And she's like, no, like we, you know, the property management fixed it. Like, you know, we called Excel for them to come, you know, turn it off. So like, so we're like, okay, good. They'll, they'll handle it. They'll deal with it. You know, we could have missed it, but we're home a lot, you know, uh, I never saw an Excel truck come. I think yesterday I saw a truck pull up that could have potentially been here to fix something. So I don't in, know from if they the actually got it fixed. Today, there's been no movement. Right. As far as I know, I think at one point... Were they overcome? Like, we or they passed out up there? <laughs> no, no. We, we've seen them come and go. But like at one point... Well, that's what, what made me nervous was when he said, oh, did you fix it yourself? I was like, is this motherfucker going to try to fix it himself? Like fix a gas leak? You know, I, and at one point, I think early in the week, we we kind of texted, like there was one number I texted, another number Krista texted. The number Krista texted, I think like the person she was texting with said, oh yeah, you know, we heard from them. We think it might be because their door, their water heater door doesn't have a fence. Like, you, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot a piece of this. So when, we, when I come in Friday to inspect the doors with our new vents, there are two vents in the furnace door, no vents in the water heater door. So it's like, did you have two vents and go, hmm, what am I supposed to do with these two vents? Oh, okay, oh I guess I'll put them in one door. So by this part, we're like, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to call them back and be like, you need to put vents in the water heater door. If this thing fucking breaks, like, you're the one who's going to have to buy a new water heater because, like, you know. So so that's another funny part. So then, yeah, so then uh, the person Chris is talking to is like, oh, I think it, th- they might be smelling gas because their furnace door also needs vents like yours did. And then she wrote back like, well, well, they ended up not putting them in our, our water heater door anyway. Um, and then, but also it's like, no, that's not going to cause a gas leak. Like that was something they noticed that should have been fixed, but it wasn't what caused a leak. You know, we're just kind of like, fuck, are they going to assume that, oh, put vents in the door and then it's fine. Like all that's going to do is let the gas out, <laughs> you know, like, Jeez. so, and then at one point I think he, you know, the person I was talking to texted me and I was like, oh yeah, you know, by the way, 
do you know if they had anything, you know, fixed upstairs? Because they said they were smelling gas, blah, blah, blah. Haven't heard back from him yet. Oh, and one of the things that, that OCD, like, it's what I call a, 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 you know, a Zoolander moment where it's like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like there, <laughs> there's the part of me that like acknowledges that like, yes, I get worked up about things more so than other people because of this condition I have. But you, you tell yourself there are still things in the world that are actually dangerous and worth getting worked up about. Gas leak but is the to, top of that fucking list. Right. To find out that like, oh, I smell gas. Oh, well, it's not a big deal. And it's just kind of like, uh, okay, like, is that, is it, is it us? Like, are we like, like, you know, and then you kind of wonder like, well, well, what, what told me to get freaked out about gas? Is it not that, you know, and then, so, so yeah, that's kind of where we've been. And it's kind of like, you know, and, and you've seen it, Fight it Club kinda... way too many times to not treat a <laughs> gas leak fucking seriously. Okay. Like it's like quicksand gas leak. These are the things we're trained as t- right, like yeah. tiny little kids. Exactly. Kidnapping. <laughs> the whole point, like, how many sitcoms did we like learn that they add the smell to gas because it's so dangerous? We need to be aware right. of it. Like that would drive me crazy. Like, yeah, I no, I, I have the yeah. same impact. Like it has to be fixed. I need to go. I need to get this fixed before I can live there safely. Yeah. That should be universal. That's not an OCD thing. That's a, let's not have right. you. One would think, yeah. You know, you'll get like kind of OCD or anxiety overload where it's just like, okay, you just kind of accept your fate. And it's like, maybe, maybe the apartment will blow up. I don't know. Like, it's like, you know, what, what else can we do besides like helping someone identify they have a gas leak and then, you know, and it's, they like, have to be the ones you know, to call you know, and, itself. And again, right. Yeah. And again, like, you know, I contacted the property. I don't know if he didn't get back to me. Cause it's like, well, I can't tell you about what's going on in someone else's apartment. It's like, well, but you kind of can, if it's affecting us, if we're getting gas in here. So then what's today? So 24th. Okay. So I think, Either Saturday or Sunday, Krista was doing laundry again and started smelling gas. God damn it. And, and we're kind of, and this is what kind of, I think it was, I think it was actually Sunday. It must have been the 21st. Cause I think it was again where it's just like, okay, it's Sunday night. Like, what is going to, nothing's going to get done now. Like, do we call Excel like again to have them come out and be like, yeah, it's at 0.5, you know? So I think what we decided was like, She's like, well, I'm going to make dinner. So at least if we do have to leave, we've already eaten. You know, I'm going to finish the laundry, this, this, and that. And maybe, because this was something that she had said too, like the other times we smelled it, like the the dryer was running. Hmm. But our dryer's electric. So there's supposedly no gas going to the dryer at all. So it's like maybe like when the dryer's running or the washer before the dryer, maybe it shakes stuff up and maybe there's some residual gas like left up in the space. Or whatever. And then as she was telling me like, oh, I can smell it in the office up here. Like I noticed there's a hole in the ceiling, almost like someone had screwed something in and then like, you know, so just left a hole. So I'm like, that could be where gas is coming out. Like if, if it's in the walls or whatever, but it's like, well, if we don't smell it anymore, maybe it was just gas that had leaked out and was like trapped up there. And now it's mm-hmm. just kind of coming to like, cause the gas does rise. Right. So it would make sense that like, you know, it could just be hanging out there, but if you're shaking stuff, maybe that's make, I, I don't know how gas works. So after we ate, after the laundry finished, you know, she kept inspecting, didn't smell any more gas. It's like, okay, maybe it's not continual leak. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's just the residual that was left over from when it had been leaking, you know, maybe it was leaking into the walls and it's just hanging out there. You know, maybe it's a good thing that it's coming down and getting out and dissipating instead of being there waiting to explode or whatever. So that's kind of where we're at now is like, okay, next time we do laundry, like, okay, does it smell like gas again? In which case, you know, it's like, okay, it could be just because we're running the laundry, but it's not actually an active leak or whatever. And, 
you know, again, like the guy came out and said, yeah, well, 0.5, it's not dangerous, you know, that to that extent. I think he also said too, like, and maybe this was in a more extreme case. He's like, you know, it's not like carbon monoxide where it's not, you're not going to suffocate. Cause I think right. he was saying like, you know, maybe the amount it would take, you know, whereas like, I think with carbon monoxide, it's usually like an exhaust vent from like your water heater or something. So I think there's a lot of it coming out. Whereas if it's a gas leak, I don't think you're going to suffocate. I mean, it might explode. Sure. But you know, right. but again, if it's, if it's a small amount, maybe it's not enough to explode or whatever. And maybe that's what they're checking for. So, you know, and that was part of it too, is like how much of it is gas that's just trapped in here from when, you know, ever, because we don't leave the house very often, you know? So it's like, you know, and, and it's been colder, so we've had the windows closed. So, so yeah. So where we're at now is I'm like a week and a half behind in school. And I've been kind of like re-messaging my professors being like, look, we had to spend another week out of the house, like, you know, this and that. But it's still like, I mean, the end of the semester is coming up. So it's like, okay, I've got to basically where I'm at now is I have to do six weeks worth of work in like four weeks. Actually, no, that's where I was at on Monday. Now it's Wednesday. So it's less than that, less time. So six and a so half that's weeks kind of, in three and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's kind of where I'm at with that because of all that. But, you know, at least now we're kind of moved in and we're kind of like, I think we're safe. I don't know. Like, again, we're still hopeful. I mean, I'm hoping at some point, if I, you know, to see if I see the neighbor outside again, be like, hey, did you get your gas leak fixed? Like, what, what's what's the deal? And and if they try to tell me, you know, if, if that's the thing, if our property management gave them some bullshit about, you just need vents in the doors, be like, no, not, not having vents isn't going to cause a leak. If, you know, and if you put vents, it's not going to fix the leak. There's still going to be gas leaking out, like, you need to call Excel, you know, like, so yeah, so that's kind of where we're at now. And kind of also this, you know, again, it like, you kind of like short circuit and it's just like, well, if the place blows up, it blows up. Like what, what else, what else, what can, else we do? can we do? You know, it's like, so it's just kind of like, that's, that's our life now. <laughs> so Jesus Christ, man, I'm sorry. It just, it keeps, <sighs> it's the gift that keeps on giving with this place. It is, yeah, yeah. Like fucking Jelly of the Month Club. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I... Do you think if you had stayed at your old place through the pandemic, you would have been happier overall? Uh, well, okay. So that's the thing is like, I guess you have to look at, so we've been here over a year now. Yeah. And we've had a few issues. Yeah. Like the water leaks, the, you know, the these are not a heater. few, these are two big fucking issues, Tim. These, well, these yeah, are not small. No, no, they, no, no, they are big. Well, yeah. And I guess this is our third issue because the first one, was the leak that was coming in from the water heater upstairs, which took them nine days to fix. Well, didn't you also have like a key uh, issue too? Oh yeah, the mailbox key. That's right. They didn't have a mailbox key. So like this has just been compound interest on this shit. Like Yeah. Again, I think it's just because they don't have a team. I think this they're kind of new at this and they don't have a system worked out. It's more just like as problems come up, it's like, oh, how are we gonna handle this? And then there was the leak in our water heater, which someone had to come back repeatedly because yeah. they were fixing little parts that were leaking, but then other things would be leaking until one guy came in and said, like, I'm just gonna replace it. And then he came in with a new water heater, which was bigger, which is great because now we can take longer hot showers. But he's like, oh, this won't fit through the door. So, right. so he had to actually rip off the molding. And, yep. But but I mean, I'm impressed with like, if, if I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't know to no. look at it. You know, he kind of replaced it, cocked it all back in. Everything was fine. I, I wish I could almost be here when the next person comes who has to take that water heater out. Is like, mm-hmm. how did they get this in here? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> But so, but but having said that, you know, throughout the course of the year, you know, having these big problems that have taken, you know, multiple weeks per problem, th- there's been a lot of time, you know, having a second bedroom has been a life changer, right. you know, like you were talking about earlier, like having that office space, like, 
me not having to like be on my computer and having the cats jump up on my computer to get to the window and like, you know, not have to like clean off my desk every time I want to use it because I'm sure the cats have been up there with their feet and their cat litter and their butts and whatever, you know? So it has been great to have like the extra bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of other, like we have a washer dryer here, which has been great. We have a washing machine. I mean, uh, um, uh, a dishwasher which has been great. And that's the nice thing too. Like all of our kitchen appliances and the washer dryer are brand new. So none of that stuff's been fine. It's like they did that half of the place. And then the rest of it, they're like, ah, fuck it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Like the, the air conditioner is garbage. So we haven't used that. Um, summer was really hot. We, we got through it. It was fine. Did I tell you about my little flooding adventure? That was the other thing. Like no. At the end of this long list of like the job and the, the fuck you voicemail. This was a, a pre-roll conversation. Uh, I got a, <laughs> voicemail at work that just said fuck you first thing on like not even 8 a.m on a friday morning just just one second message fuck you that was that was a fun day at work yeah it's like Um, you're not even open yet you know so the the monday following that um i'm doing some laundry and i'm trying to get stuff kind of set back up and more comfortable since we've got had gotten back from the wheeling trip and i hear this banging coming from the washer dryer. And I was like, I had kind of overfilled it. So I was like, okay, maybe that's it. But I had heard, I'd heard this dun, 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 like that banging back and mm-hmm. forth before at my parents' house in Aurora. You could hear it from the basement on the, the uh, middle, the, the ground floor. And you just overfill it when it goes to the spin cycle because of the weight of certain right. things in the water, <laughs> it sloshes and it, and it floods. So I go to check, like to turn it off because it's banging and I step through in my socks like that much water, Ooh. like an oh, inch. Man. And luckily I, I got there because I recognize the sound. I got there in time. But that whole it, it did. It, we have wood in the, the bathroom. And so there's uh, Rodney's uh, litter box is in front of the washer dryer and it's on this uh, um, rug in front of it. And then there's the bathroom rug. So it's kind of like an, an L shape. And then it, the hallway that's carpeted where we have like our laundry baskets and stuff, it hadn't quite gotten to that lip yet. It was it, it was it was moving that way rapidly, but I was able to stop it. I had to call into work. I was like, hey, I, I and this is like newly minted boss. I had called. It's like I my washer dryer is flooding. I need to take the afternoon off. He's like, yeah, that that sounds awful. This is my new yeah. boss in the last year has had a baby within a week of the baby being home. He fell off his roof and he broke his leg. So he's been oh, in a God. boot and he got this promotion. So he, me calling him and saying, Hey, I've got some house shit going wrong. He's like, absolutely. Take the time you need. Yeah. He, he's like, he's been responding to fires going off for a long yeah. time. So because I had seen it before I was going in and I was kind of in my head as like, Oh God, what if it's a problem? Like Tim had, is there a bigger problem in, I affecting the people below because we're on the third floor. It's all this stuff. Oh, yeah. I get everything mopped up. I take all the wet towels and stuff and I'm putting them in the uh, bathtub so they can kind of drain. And I, I look and I see underneath the washer because it's a washer. It's a Jack and Jill on top of each other. And mm-hmm. I can see that the water started from the bottom of the washer from the middle and moved towards the front. So it wasn't where it was connected to the wall. It was coming it, from yeah. the machine itself, so that confirmed. But the whole, like, I sopped all the stuff up, used every towel in the house, and then I sat there and babysat 
like three loads of laundry all the way through to make sure nothing leaked again. And it didn't luckily. Oh, good. But that was like, and that's the thing, like in two hours, I was mostly done and I could have gone back to work. But at that point it was just like, I, I needed that solid two hours. And at the end of it, I was just like, fucking hell, man. Like, yeah. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm catastrophizing. Like, oh, my God, what if the water heater's out? Well, all these other things. Like, so it, it's been. Yeah. It's been <laughs> five <laughs> days since the water leaked. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, you know, I, I, I think a lot of it, too, you know, like I said, the way this property management handles things rather than Cornerstone. Because, like, yeah, Cornerstone, I feel like there were things where I was like, oh, this thing happened. Like, okay, someone will be there before five o'clock to fix it. All right, cool. And like, it's uh, invaluable. It's, be, like, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm the dumbass who will try and fix it first. Right. That's the thing. Like growing up with my dad, if the, if the uh, sink was leaking or anything, like he would go in and he would try and do, or it was a clog. So he would do it himself. Mm-hmm. And I, I really had to untrain that in my brain over this, over COVID. Cause we had like some, some backed up oh, yeah, and stuff and I yeah. fucked up it up and flooded underneath the sink. And I, I finally got into the place where it's just like, no, they're, they they get it done so much quicker. Instead of me jury rigging shit, they've got the tools. Just let them do it. it, it right. It's invaluable. Yeah. That and an in-unit washer dryer. I couldn't live mm-hmm. with those things. Yeah. <laughs> and when I get a house, I'm going to be very sad to have to take care of all that shit myself. Yeah. Well, that, and that's the one good thing is like, I feel like I'm learning a lot about this shit. So like when yeah. you do have a house, like I'm going to know, okay, this is what this needs, whatever. But yeah, to be fair, like our old place, the the water heater and all that stuff was like in the basement. Uh, so like, if we were like, if we called up and we're like, oh, we don't have heat. They were like, all right, someone will come out as soon as possible. And within like an hour or two, the heat would click on. Like, and we never saw it because they right. just went downstairs and fixed it. You know, yeah. same thing. Like, yeah, if the water heater ever went out, like, I think there were a few times they had to turn our hot water out off. And it must have been what it was like, oh, shit, the water heater broke. We have to replace it. We have to turn off your hot water so we can replace it. But we never saw anyone because they just did that downstairs. So it's having also, these appliances think... like in your unit, you know. Sorry, just another grievance to, yeah. to level at your fucking new place. Like, <laughs> wouldn't if you have one place where there's leaking, wouldn't you as as like the, the landlord want to see if anybody else was experiencing that? Like, wouldn't you send an email out like, hey, we've had a gas leak in this building. Has anybody else experienced that? Can we have it? Yeah. Just so that they, I don't know, some pre pre they must be just responding to everything fucking falling apart all right. the time. Yeah. That, that must be yeah. what's happening. Like, well, And that's the thing, too, because like uh, about a, a month ago, maybe I was telling you about this, too, where they were like, oh, we're going to come around for our biannually inspection or whatever and change your filters and check out that. And we're just like please no, like we don't want people just walking through our apartment for no reason. So it's like, you think something like this would be like, Hey, we've had issues with gas. Like we want to test everyone's gas line. Like that, that to me seems like something that's worth having someone go into your apartment for not just like, Oh, we just want to look around and see what the the condition of your apartment is like, fuck you. That's what the security deposits for. You know, if we fuck something up, you keep our security deposit. Like, shouldn't be checking in on us every six months, you know. But then, yeah, then there's a gas leak, and you're like, eh, it's fine. We're not going to bother these people. Apparently, like, when we first had the leak, they did, because we did mention to them, too, we're like, yeah, we don't know if it's, you know, safe for anyone else in the building, and we can't get in touch with them. We don't have their phone numbers. 
So they said that they called and no one else was smelling gas or whichever, which is okay, like good. But then again, like, you know, like I said, the upstairs, they, they smelled it like afterwards, like after the fact. So yes, yeah, so I, I, I think overall, I would like to say that uh, we are happier in this place. It is more like, it is a more like grown up apartment, you know, as opposed right. to, you know, the place I moved into, that was the, that was the apartment I moved into when I first moved out to Colorado I was by myself. Ah, it was a one bedroom. You know, I was, I was a bachelor at that time, you know, had only a Honda civics worth of possessions with me. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it was great. But then like, you know, once, once Krista moved in, it's like, okay, we're, you know, we're a grown ass married couple. Now it's like, we, you know, we should have more than a one bedroom apartment with barely any appliances, you know, and it wasn't just because of COVID and being there all the time. I think it was just the place. It just was too small. We outgrew it, you know, um, you know, kind of like you were saying before with your place, you know, but now here, I feel like, you know, we have this space, we have the grown up appliances, you know, it is kind of like, okay, this, you know, it, it's, I, I like it a little bit because it feels more like a house because we're on the ground floor, you know? So it's like, it's definitely training for having a house where it's like, yeah, you're not, you know, a few floors up anymore. You're right on the ground level, you know, and there are advantages and disadvantages to that. But um, I think overall, you know, we also, also, this place gets a lot more light because there are like uh, at our other place, we had like two windows in our like living room, kitchen area, a win two windows in our bedroom, like on the corners. Whereas here we have like a giant window in the living room, two windows in the kitchen, two windows in the, the office, two windows in the bedroom. So there's just like, a ton more light. It's just like, you know, feels more like, okay, I'm not like just like crammed into some like little place with my one little window, you know? Um, And, you know, and again, yeah, like having the washer and dryer is great, you know, Um, especially that was the thing because like at the beginning of COVID, you know, when Krista didn't even want to go see her mom because it's like, you know, yeah, that was the thing is like, we stopped using the laundry downstairs after the whole bed bugs incident. Krista used to go to her mom's to do laundry. Right. But then it was like, you know, once COVID started, it was just like, I don't want to either give my mom COVID or get COVID from my mom. So, you know, we just didn't do laundry for a really long time, you know, which um, I was kind of fine with because, you know, I, especially after like I left my job, it's like, and it was like getting warmer. It was just like, I'll just wear nothing but boxers all day. That's fine. I don't need, mm-hmm. I don't need laundry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, so it is nice to be able to do all that stuff at home and, you know, that sort of stuff and not have to spend hours washing the dishes because the dishwasher will do it and that whole thing but that's the thing is like it it'll be great for a while but then when it sucks it sucks so hard you know right. it's not like here's a problem we'll fix it get on with your life okay right. cool no big deal <laughs> here's you a know, problem like, here's a month it's later. like yeah it's like this is gonna fuck up you know your life for like two weeks plus and then you're gonna have the ramifications i.e i'm still behind on my schoolwork for weeks after that you know gotcha. so well in effort to to uh <laughs> move right along so you can get back to doing yeah, that. <laughs> Thank you for taking <laughs> time out to do this silly thing. <laughs> uh, Moon Knight, the yeah. Jet and Silver Avenger. We're getting a Disney Plus show, and it's so it's so fucking surreal. Like I, I feel like I discovered this guy five minutes before he started to move into the mainstream, and it's it's fucking rad. The first issue I ever saw and bought was uh, the first run from 1980. Uh, issue number 17 it's got this great black and white kind of ghostly portrayal of moon knight kind of falling off a roof and i've been fascinated with him ever since like i was like what a weird guy and then i was reading and i was like i fell in love with his his sidekick frenchie 
who's always written like stereotypically French. He's in the copter. He's like Alfred, but he's a French, like uh, uh, also a mercenary. Like I, 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 I was fascinated by it. It was the first time like I was back in like thinking about comics and getting a comic book collection specific to this character who I'd never heard about before and just fascinated by. So a little bit of origin for listeners. Moon Knight is a character who has DID, dissociative identity disorder. So he has three personas in his head in addition to his primary, I guess is the terminology is Mark Spector. He's a, a kid from Chicago, son of a rabbi, kind of had a contentious relationship with his father because his father was very passive, like a pacifist. And Mark was not like that. So he joined the Marine Corps. He fought in, um, I think originally it was meant to be Vietnam. I think now they've updated to Desert Storm um, and was dishonorably discharged and became a mercenary. Uh, he was doing some work for this bigger mercenary called the Bushman, who has this macabre skull face tattoo and uh, filed pointed teeth. And so his origin story is Mark discovered that he'd gotten in with some mercenaries who were a little too intense for him, like they were hurting innocent people, and he wasn't okay with that. So he stepped in to protect uh, this girl, Marlene, who Bushman stabbed her father and then proceeded to stab Mark and leave him for dead in the middle of the desert. Mark crawls to this ancient temple uh, to the god Khonshu, who's the god of vengeance and the moon. And Khonshu brings Mark back to life, or does he? That's kind of a running theme is Mark's belief in Khonshu. If he's actually a presence in his head, there's been different portrayals and stuff. Um, but then this kind of, either this or an earlier incident, it's kind of different in different origin stories, but fractures his personality into Mark Spector is the, the primary. Jake Lockley, who is a cab driver, um, who uses his kind of, you know, uh, drive around the seedy streets of Chicago and kind of pick up gossip. And he hangs out at this diner with this uh, uh, lady, Gina, and her kids. And uh, this guy, Crawley, who's kind of a, a homeless man who has his ear to the ground and is this great little, little support system. And then there's Stephen Grant, who is this erudite billionaire. Well, I think he's a millionaire. He's not quite billionaire. Um, who funds everything. Is kind of like this art dealer. He's been a director in different versions. And then there is Moon Knight is this kind of like, uh, so in, in exchange for his life back, Khonshu kind of enlists Mark at, to be the fist of Khonshu, his, his warrior priest on earth. And he, he's in, responsible for punishing people and bringing pain and vengeance to the glory of the moon god. And it's wicked. It's wicked. It's cool. It's twisted. It's silly. There's been a, a four or five different main series. The first one was in the 80s. Then there was one in 80 or 94, 84. Um, that one ran the longest. It's kind of obscure. That one's never been released in trade, but I have all of those issues finally. Um, so it, I just became obsessed with this character and it's very targeted search. Like my comic book collecting started with, I wanted every appearance of Moon Knight. And for a while I was pretty close. I got like, I got a lot of the early issues. I got the origin, the first appearance. I have one that some kid used pencil and marked on, but I have it. It's still like, even in this condition, as the popularity of the characters kind of risen and, and Disney plus doing a series, like, and there's an ongoing series, like in the last three or four years, we, when a run has ended, we've only had to wait like a year before there's a new moon Knight series. Every time I go to pick it up from mile high comics, if you don't have it on your pull list, it's gone. Cause it's selling out. So that that's really cool. And they cast Oscar Isaac, which was like, and then they cast Ethan Hawke in the series. 
And that tells me that they're like, they're pushing this thing. Like Oscar Isaac's huge. He's been huge for like five years. And like they're, they're, it's Poe Dameron, man. Like there, there's some great, great ability in that. Like uh, Ex Machina is a great performance from him. I liked him in yeah. Dune. Um, I just recently saw, and we still very know very little, but we 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 have a teaser. We I can't believe it's happening, dude. Like I'm still like in shock that we're getting to see Moon Knight on the the, the screen. Like, yeah, I mean, you you probably feel now how I felt back in like, you know the late 1990s early 2000s when like oh we're getting a spider-man movie now finally. right and it was just like you know that's um, also something we should talk about is that trailer <laughs> yeah no so i i get it yeah it's definitely like this this thing that you've loved for so long and it's just like it, you know and I, I remember one of the things too like people you know because like there there's this sense for people who aren't um, or for people who are hipsters that like, oh, if everyone starts liking the thing you like, does that like take something away from it? You know, and it's like, and it was just like, you know, so almost like I, I feel like at some point someone thought like, oh, do you, you know, don't you feel like now that Spider-Man's popular, like it means less? It was like, no, I just now have more access to cool Spider-Man shit, you know? Right. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you, there was always Spider-Man like comics or like animated shows. Yeah. Like, I feel like Spider-Man was still like in the ether. So it was like, it was so cool to see him in live action and, and to see a superhero so different from Batman and Superman and then to do it so well and intentional yeah. and like in the spirit of the comics. Like, so I think that definitely marked like a transition in what superhero movies could do and could be. And I like, for me with Moon Knight, like there is a little bit of that gatekeepy like brain. It's like, I've been here for the, from the beginning, but I've always like, mm-hmm. as I discovered, like there's an Into the Night podcast. So there, there's these guys from Australia who run a great podcast all about Moon Knight stuff. And I've been part of their, they've got like a, a Facebook community. It's great to see all these people excited about the, the character and, and doing trailer breakdowns and just being this very niche, very like specific mm-hmm. fandom to like it, it, it's i i think it's cool that like he's becoming more and more ubiquitous like if he if he has any kind of i mean the people that watch loki are gonna watch moon knight how how crazy is that right. like and it, it's it's coming at this like this kind of almost transitionary period for marvel we're getting into more like hugely broken universe stuff and we, we're getting this street level guy who's got voices in his head and like it, I, I, it, it might be an interesting way to ground the series is like we're we're on the literally on the ground with Moon Knight and like Blade and these other like uh, Mrs. Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. Like, I think that might be where Marvel is kind of getting the ground level contingent going forward. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an interesting like it's been so surreal. This whole like with COVID, it's been delayed like a year or two years. So I think I we were thinking 2020 originally and it moved back moved back moved back so the fact that it's actually like imminent that we have some footage it's 30 seconds worth of footage which is criminally little but the fact that next year we're gonna get it is is crazy to me i'm i'm so ready for the merch man i'm so ready Mm -hmm. for for him to be out there that's the thing like if you don't read comics if you don't or you're not familiar with that part of the storytelling of marvel like Moon Knight doesn't exist. You don't, you're not aware of him. But for him to be just on Disney Plus, maybe the the top streaming service in the world right now, like to think that there's a banner that could say like Moon Knight, it's the first yeah. thing you see on like how 
it's like a little bit of like I've always been a little kid, and like when I get stuff or I have people over, I like to show them my my stuff. I'm like, hey, check this out. I got mm-hmm. this. I thought this was really cool. Like, it's like that for Moon Knight for the world, and it's so it makes me so happy that like I get he'll get shared because I think he's an important character. I think he he presents an opportunity to really thoughtfully portray dissociative identity disorder. And in recent years, the the uh, writing teams have been really, really good about doing that and not stigmatizing or stereotyping dissociative identity disorder or re- misnaming it schizophrenia. Those two are often confused in media, especially in television. So I, I, I think it's a really emotional, he's a broken character. He, he's really literally fractured and he he's... He's fun. I mean, he's he's super violent. People call him Marvel's Batman, which is a misnomer. Like he's he's much more brutal. I think Batman's more calculated about he doles things out. And like, there's a couple panels where it's just like he's fighting people, and Moon Knight's villains are like, "There's no grace in what you do. It's just ugly punches." <laughs> he's like, "There's no dance to this." He's like, "No, I'm I'm here because I enjoy hearing my bones break against your bones. <laughs> like that's the kind of brutality." And it's a great, like, some of my favorite issues from the uh, the second series that came out in 84, where they paired, spy, or they, they did a, a trio team up with Punisher, Spider-Man, and Moon Knight. And it was great, because Moon Knight was almost, he's the more moderate of, of Punisher and, and Moon Knight. And Peter's in the middle, where he's trying to figure out what kind of hero he's going to be. Is he one that pursues justice mercilessly and doesn't care if he's going to hurt people, if he's going to kill people. Cause that's the thing. Moon Knight is very, like he has killed people, but at that particular run, he had made a stand against killing people. So it was really weird to have Moon Knight on this one side, Punisher and then Spider-Man in the middle. So he, he, he's a great kind of counterpoint. He's, he's another soldier. So his relationship with Steve Rogers and Frank Castle, like there, there's definitely a kind of, how people deal with their trauma from being part of a war and also a soldier who was dishonorably discharged. Like there, there's, there's a lot that goes into that care. And I, I love the fact that he has these different personas. It was so cool that it was like Batman plus it was like, he has yeah. these different personalities. It's a, it's performance art. He's that, that was originally before they had kind of made it a, a definite split in his, his identity. It, it was played up for like, well, if you have this much money and you're trying to research and be like Batman had the commissioner call him or, or throw up the light or he did investigations on his own, but like he was always doing it as Bruce or Batman or uh, what's the, what's the matches Malone, I guess is the other person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, that. but it, it was like a really interesting, like he has all these avenues that he can pursue villainy through and i thought that was really interesting yeah that was something I, I i may have asked you this before but you know i guess also for the sake of the listeners so so it wasn't always that he had uh, dissociative identity disorder right weren't they just like aliases that he was using like originally right. in the comics yeah and then it kind of like evolved into that and it's really interesting like I, there's there's a lot of pre-roll stuff so before he had his like debut series in in 80 there he had like he was in hulk magazine and a few things he got his start in werewolf by night as like this kind of uh hired mercenary um there's actually an issue of werewolf by night where he comes back at butler or somebody steals the the outfit 
and impersonates Moon Knight. So there's like three issues of Werewolf by Night where Mark uh, Moon Knight's costume at least makes an appearance. So there was very little origin by he was a mercenary or he was like a, a hero and he was fighting these weird kind of offshoots. Um, but in the very first issue, we got the three personas. So it's been oh, okay. So they, they were aliases at that point, but those three facets of his personality have been so consistent from that time to now. Oh, okay. Which I was, I kind of had gone back. I was reading them in sequence and kind of like picking up as much as I can could and like getting the, the collection or epic collections or whatever and kind of piecing together, okay, where, where certain villains can, cause I, I was writing reviews for um, Nerds that Geek as uh, oh, the yeah. new series were coming through. So I was doing research of like, okay, where does this villain come from and all these things and kind of where, and I was really, really impressed that the first issue of his own series, they really kind of went hard with this concept that has become a staple and like a beloved component of, of the character. And, and now we have Khonshu as kind of like an active force for a long time in like West Coast Avengers, his own series, and um, I think even into the Fist of Khonshu series, which only ran six issues, that Khonshu was kind of there and he was he would kind of wink so like things would happen that were strange and they would cut to a panel with like the moon behind and like a a wink in the eye of the statue of Khonshu so it was always kind of like is it there or is it in Mark's imagination did he really die or get resurrected or is he just kind of projecting kind of mysticism on these things but in recent years they've given Khonshu physical form this big Mum, like almost wrapped in in uh, uh, mummified wrapping or what, just oh, okay. like in in the strips of cloth and like this big massive skull, a bird skull head, and he's this like violent force. I think they've he's he's a Egyptian god, but they've also called him an other Voidian. So he's like a multiverse traveling uh, being that the Egyptians mistook for a deity, and he's kind of an alien who's rewritten the inside of Mark's head. So not only does he have dissociative identity disorder now, so in the, the retcon kind of retconned origin story, he has this uh, inciting incident with a serial killer who was a, um, a Jewish religious leader and close with his father. And he discovered um, him kind of being a serial killer and finding him in this basement. And that's kind of the moment that has fra- fractured his identity. They've kind of okay. retconned into that continuity. And so he he had dissociative identity disorder before Khonshu possessed him and re, reworked his brain. So it's like, that's also part of it is like, he has these gifts and this power, but he's completely subservient to this like other Voidian God. And it's also like the reason that he was used as a vessel was because Khonshu thought his psyche was broken and through kind of these journeys, Mark understands and Moon Knight kind of learns to accept and and live with his identity disorder rather than thinking it's something that can be fixed and, and cured. What ends up being his greatest ally is having these other personalities and being able to, to live in with them, not in spite of them, because they are a part of his identity. And it's that it's like the broken man versus the manipulative outside force that comes as a friend but like i it's a great dynamic it's very shakespearean <laughs> very psychological um so you saw the teaser 
I presume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, like it was, it was mixed in with all the other Marvel stuff, right? Wasn't it one like, because like I, I, I found a few different things online where they were like kind of doing like, oh, here's this, and then here's Shigo, and you know, it kind of just basically was like one after another. So, so I don't know if there was like more than what I saw. Well, I was thinking we could just watch it and I can edit oh, out yeah. the reactions here. I was just thinking, I want to see, and I actually thought of this before I realized the implications. I want to see like Moon Knight versus Apocalypse because it's like they both have ties to Egypt. And I'm like, <laughs> oh wait, fuck, that's both up. So that's Isaac. I was noticed, I had forgotten that too. And I was like, that, it's great. Like, and he's also, he plays uh, Rodriguez, uh, Spider Man 2099, that he's the voice of that character in Spider Verse. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. This. Oh, I love that. Fucking yeah, love that's that. Perfect. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. The voice in your head. Oh. Gonna punch so many people. Where's <laughs> you? Oh. Nice. I like how they just name like a cartouche. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So in a, a criminally brief um, thirty second teaser. Yeah. Um, I I love him looking at, into the kind of mirrored displays at the museum and moving away, and the two reflections staying. Uh, yeah, that kind of calls back to a, an early Moon Knight cover where he's standing in front of Moon Knight standing in front of three mirrors and out of all three mirrors are his different personalities pointing guns at him. And it, it, it's like nice. that them showing that really made me hopeful. I was like this, they're, they're, those seem to be shying away from it. You see very little, like 30 seconds is, <laughs> is not enough to, to know anything about that. But we can confirm like we're going to get the cape and cowl Mm-hmm. outfit this might be the most comic book a- accurate of the things that haven't been silly you know like envision wandavision they wear their like 70 stuff but it's right. a joke like he's actually gonna wear his shit and it like it's gonna be br- and you can kind of confirm his uh mr knight persona which they've talked about but he's wearing those white gloves and somebody had I, on the end of the night podcast, they kind of described them as being like almost curator's gloves. So maybe his Mr. Knight suit is oh, something okay. he's put together himself, early Spider-Man cobbled together, kind of luchador type mm-hmm. thing. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we get a, an accent, which uh, we presume to be Oscar Isaac's voice. Um, it looks like a fair bit of it is set in London. So there might be something to, um, Maybe Jake Lockley, his cabbie persona is a British cabbie. And I guess that I never really had thought about using different accents to demark the different personalities. And I actually think that's kind of really cool. I'm not crazy about the accent. It kind of sounds silly. I'm not. It sounds like, please, sir, may I have some more? But it might be like an interesting, like maybe Jake, maybe through the Jake Lockley persona, we kind of learn like he doesn't know that he's Moon Knight. Like there's not a whole lot of interaction. And maybe we, we, slowly uncover that like he's been living as jake but he's actually mark and steven in there and also moon knights there we don't know who the villain is we know ethan hawks in it i guess there is a midnight man um midnight it was a, an early villain maybe issue two he kind of shows up so and he has a son in the comics who ends up being a sidekick to moon knight in the the 84 series or 94 series so he there, there's a lot of potential. It looks like it's only going to be six issue or six uh, episodes, 
So uh, depending on the length of them, I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting. And we've got Blade is coming up too. So we might be getting kind of a Midnight Suns type dynamic coming up. Yeah. Which really cool. But uh, I, I also I, heard rumors. I don't know if this is like solid at all, but like, or just like wishful thinking, but possibly like moving Daredevil from Netflix over to Disney there, Plus. Like, there is some talk of that. Maybe lock, stock, and barrel. Like they might be able to move. I, I'm not sure. I, I know D'Onofrio is definitely in talk. Like had been rumored in. Oh yeah. To coming in, and then maybe through like also Charlie. Um, yeah. Which I think so would I be really like cool was, if we yeah. got if we were doing She-Hulk. Like I'd love to see a Matt Murdock like just mm. a cameo, and then just like solidify yeah. those universes, and then we can do Daredevil stuff later on. Like. Not to take anything away yeah. from She-Hulk, which I'm very excited to see. Well, that's the thing. I feel like every show will have little cameos by other characters, you know, kind of coming in and, you know, where appropriate. So I feel like, yeah, that would be a perfect way to work. Like, oh, we have two characters who are lawyers. Like, of course they're going to know each other, you know. And that's the thing. Like, I just need them to, like, be in the courthouse, like, walking past each other. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> just like... Or, like... I- I want to see him do the thing where he like bumps into her and it's like, you know how like sometimes he'll do, he'll overplay his blindness and like, Oh, like the two of them maybe like talk about going on a date or something like that. Like, (laughs) I think that would be really funny. Just like, yeah, even if we don't see him as daredevil, if we only see him as Matt, like that would be cool. You know? Yeah, for sure. I love in, in the teaser that we get kind of like almost this horror movie shot of kind of like slowly tracking up in this decimated bathroom, just like totally fucked up. And it's it's almost like a POV, and it's almost it feels like a horror movie as we kind of creep up to Moon Knight on his hands and knees, beating the ever loving shit out of somebody. Like there's no like, there's like no that person's back. not moving. Yeah, no. they're not fighting back. They're, He's they're just still. crunching into it. And it. Just like I think they're gonna make him brutal. I I, I think they're and that's the thing. I've we've seen the the Oscar Isaac like fight photography footage, like his prep stuff. Yeah, he's quick, man. He's quick mm-hmm. and the, the fighting style, the, the kind of things that he was doing in those training videos was like very much rough and ready brutality. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't about doing it like super sleek and we're not hurricane running like uh, a yeah. black widow. We're not doing that. Like that looks cool. It's super stylish. It's also like highlighting how sexy Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson, yeah. uh, <laughs> Colin Jost's uh, wife for some fucking reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's one of my favorite <laughs> SNL like uh, uh, weekend update jokes is like somebody was or I think Sudeikis was playing the devil and he was like, yeah, Colin, our, our deal's still good for you getting ScarJo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I got your soul, buddy. Um, but yeah, it, I, I'm very excited. I love the, as cheesy as it was, I love the leap through the crescent moon o- over the rooftops. I love that little moment. I, I, I don't think it's going to bear a whole lot of resemblance to like the early, like the actual origin stuff. It looks like they're going to hmm. kind of rework that. It looks like he's actually in a museum in London rather than a, a hidden temple in, in the Sudan or in Egypt. So it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they play it from. If, if it's set mostly in London, that's going to be an interesting place. I don't think Moon Knight's ever traveled abroad, really. I mean, he, I guess he's gone back to like Africa and in Egypt in, in certain things. And I guess like as an art deal, well, that's, I guess that other also makes sense. Like, um, so as a mercenary, Mark collected all this kind of like pirate treasure, essentially. And then mm-hmm. Stephen Grant, that persona, made his millions selling and curating all of the art and the artifacts oh, that okay. he stole. So he's kind of playing both sides. So if he's in 
England, it could be that he's in England as Stephen Grant as well. Um, or if we're getting the origin where, I don't know, it'd be cool. Like maybe there's a Jack the Ripper thing. I don't know. Cause like Moon Knight will fight like zombies and werewolves. Dracula. And ba- Dracula. <laughs> fucking nerd. Um, that's a, that's a big meme is, uh, I know where, where are you, Dracula? Where's my fucking money? You owe me. So it's going to be interesting. I, it seems like they're starting from a kind of foreign place to Moon Knight because he's from Chicago. That's one of the things I like about him. He's like, he's a red haired Jewish kid from Chicago who, who became, was like a Marine. Like I, there's all these connections to like, I like him a lot. Um, yeah, it seems like he, he's like his origin is like very different. Like it's such a cool kind of mix and match of all these different things that yeah that, you know he's you know he's not from new york like so many other superheroes right. you know i mean um, or at least many marvel superheroes you know and right and so he was like, on the west yeah, coast almost, avengers early so there's all these kind of weird yeah. connections he was with the defenders he's been on, on like the secret event or yeah secret avengers he's been peripheral mm-hmm. to all these kind of little teams so he has a lot of history with a lot of people like d- during civil war one of my favorite uh uh runs is the moon knight section where he basically manipulates the situation where he gets to be an event, a card carrying member of the Avengers. And then Steve Rogers and um, uh, Iron Man come to recruit him. And, but they're actually not recruit. He thinks they're going to recruit him. And they both basically tell him to like, stay the fuck out of the fight because they don't want to <laughs> have to deal with them. They're like, we can't, we can't deal with you. You're too yeah, much of an, un, yeah, like the, the loosest of cannons. Um, <laughs> so it's cool to see like all these little connections and like, he has a deep, like in West coast Avengers, he ended up uh, dating Tigra or Tigra. So oh, nice. they, they haven't brought her back until this last issue. Like she's, she's now in the most current run. They brought Tigra back and have, they, Mark has this history with her and it's a great kind of like human mm-hmm. moment for them both to like, so it, it's, yeah, it, it, there's a lot, there's a lot of kind of bits and pieces to him, and he, he kind of fits into these different situations. Like he's he's in Midnight Suns, he was in this uh, uh, Damnation event with uh, Doctor Strange, and he kind of has his foot in both camps of like uh, street level. Sometimes he doesn't have any powers; it's just kind of his supernatural ability to like get through pain more than anything else. Mm. And then sometimes he's got moon powers. He can like control moons. So like there was a Avengers versus moon Knight. It's like the age of Conchu. So it was like a six issue thing. I think um, Jason Aaron had written it. And basically he like, he's able to control Mjolnir because Uru, the, the ore that it's made of is basically moon rock. So oh, he's okay. able to like wield it. And he like brings these moons, like, almost like an ego, the living planet style. He brings these moons from these other galaxies to like pound Thor into the surface of the moon. So oh, it, like <laughs> he's got he's kind of run the gamut of these like wild different powers. For a while, he, his power was based on the the fullness of the moon. So at like waxing like right, was a, a yeah. new moon, he would be like a normal dude. But the second it was full moon status, like a werewolf, and that's that's kind of that was an early origin too. Is that in werewolf by night he got bit so the reason he's kind of tied to the moon also has kind of like some werewolf 
uh, aspects to it, oh, too, man. which is kind of cool. Yeah, that was a bunch of rambling nonsense. <laughs> well, and so, like, my first experience with Moon Knight was back when the first series of Marvel trading cards came out. I think that was he's the first time I heard card. of him. And I was just like, oh, shit, who's this guy? Like, he's badass. Like, I want to collect his. But it's like, you know, at that time, I think there was probably one comic book store I would go to, you know, so it wasn't like it was kind of slim pickings. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't at the age where I was like, going to comic shows and, you know, or could even look online and be like, Oh, I want to buy a Moon Knight comic, you know? Um, and he was in a few, there was a, a Spider-Man crossover that he was in, but he, yeah, I actually reread it too. One of the times after we had started talking about Moon Knight and it's like, yeah, his isn't role like an, is like so small. He's just kind of like, like amazing Spider-Man, like Dark Hawk is in it too. And yeah. And Punisher, it's called like yeah. round Robin, the sidekicks revenge. And there's and like he just six kind of pops issues. In. Yeah, he's kind of in one panel yeah. at issue. Yeah, yeah. That's, and so it's just yeah. In my collecting, when I got to that that sequence, that's where I started weeding out. I was like, okay, if he's if he's in the background yeah. of some huge splash page for like Infinity Crossover or whatever, I'm not. No, I'm not. I right. don't need that one. Yeah, but but I did. I think we talked about this too. The uh, um, was it David Fincher or David Finch? I forget which Dave one's Finch. the director. Which one's David Finch? Fincher's uh, the director, and I forget. Yeah, okay. So I forget who wrote it, but I think, yeah, Finch Huston. drew it. But... Charlie Huston, I think, is his name. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing that. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, it was, it was so 2006 great. It was series. So... It's brutal. Yeah. It's like it Punisher so max S. Violent, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, this whole thing where it's, like, and, and, and I guess that was sort of the first hint about, like, well, how much of it is in his head? Because I think he was in a, he starts in a wheelchair. Yeah, and it was because I think the last series ended with did he like fall on a um, like the fire escape and like hit his back or something like that, and they kind of ended that series being like, oh, he broke his back or something, but then they kind of turned it into like, oh, it was psychological, like he it was just like you know his guilt or whatever. So they kind of brought him back in that way where it's like, oh, instead of explaining how to fix this physical ailment, we'll, we'll make it psychological. I think uh, I think there's issues with Bushman there where he's like torturing him at one point and it was just like So in that oh, series, so spoiler great. alert, like this is where Moon Knight gets his reputation as like super violent. Like he carves moon crescent moons into the foreheads of his victims. Like this yeah. is where he decides to be like Khonshu becomes very, very he leans into the vengeful, like violent um aspect. And he, this is the first time we kind of see him manifest. And part of what he uses as his manifestation is Bushman. So he shows up as Bushman after Moon Knight has cut his face off. That That's something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's in, in that series that Moon Knight cuts a face off. And at one point, Moon Knight is talking to Khonshu, who only he can see. And he ends up putting on the face of Bushman. And Marlene comes in the door. As, and that's another thing is like, it's always on the rocks with Marlene. He's always like, he's a terrible, terrible partner to Marlene. And in that there's a lot of will they won't play is like, it's always so damaging for Marlene to be a part of kind of Moon Knight's world. So she's back and forth of whether to be with him. And she had fine, like, as she comes in to, to see him this time, she's like decided she's going to be with him. And then he's wearing the fucking face of his enemy that he killed. But that there's a great line in that run where he talks about, yeah, um, that's where he comes. Like, uh, people ask me why I wear white. It's because I want the goons to see me coming. I want their hands to be shaking so bad that by the time I get to them, they couldn't hit the moon with them. Like that, <laughs> like it's, it, it's a little corny, but it's also like super fucking violent and like, Eve, like don't fuck with this dude. Like he wants you to yeah. see him coming. 
He also talk, and he's, he, he talks about like, yeah, a priest does not take change the color of his vestments to suit himself. Like, so he really takes right. this kind of warrior priest thing to heart in it. Right. And he talks about like, yeah, you could kill me. I've died before. I thought it was boring. So I stood back up. Like he, he very kind of like <laughs> owns this, this persona. And he, he's very much after the intimidation factor in, in a, in a way unique to him. Cause we've seen a lot of Batman, a lot of, uh, uh, punisher a lot of daredevil in terms of like mm-hmm. these kind of unbridled male superheroes who are like very violent very angry i mean even bruce banner has that like deep-seated trauma and like this angry man mentality and for moon knight he, he manages to do it in a visceral different way than those other guys so um also uh for the series fight choreographer is the one that worked on no time to die so we're going to get some Bond-esque fight choreography, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, it's I'm I'm very, very heartened by the footage. It makes me sad that there's so little of it because I'm just obsessed. We haven't really seen the full-on outfit yet. We haven't really, we don't know who the main villain is or any of the plot details. Though somebody on IMDb has put us a, a plot summary for the first episode um, being about him facing off with Dracula. It's clearly like a fan added thing. Like it's, it's yeah. Uh, Moon Knight pursues Dracula to Transylvania over a uh, a debt or something. They, they wrote <laughs> nice. Should, should I mean, we? Yeah, pro- like I'm, I'm ex- I was just gonna say I'm excited with all like the all the new stuff Marvel released, and it's like I mean you know I think we had been hearing about it for a while, but to see it like moving forward, and it's like you know again like I was saying with Moon Knight in general, like a lot of this is kind of uncharted territory for me. You know, it's like I've been into you know, Spider-Man since soon after I was born, um, you know, when I got into the reading all Bendis's stuff, I was into, you know, like, yeah, like the Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and, you know, Daredevil and that, you know, that kind of end of things, um, you know, and his new Avengers run that would like, that was the point I got into Avengers, you know, um, well between that and the ultimates. So it's like, you know, a lot of that core stuff, like I, I, I know various versions but, but yeah, like a lot of this stuff, like I don't know a lot about. So I'm really excited to go into it being like, you know, what's the, you know, I'm, I'm interested to read about people saying, like, oh, well, this is a reference to this. And this, you know, I mean, that kind of happened with like WandaVision and stuff too. Like yeah. I know a little bit of them from the Avengers stuff that I've read, but I'm not like, you know, a, a Vision fan, you know. Right. Um, so I don't know all of that history and what it was all referenced to. So. Um, so it's really cool. And, and and plus, like, you know, I like the fact that there are people out there who are fans of these other characters who are finally getting their stuff. So it's like, I can take a backseat for a while and be like, yeah, we've had, what, 50 Spider-Man movies by now. Like, I'm good. <laughs> like, we can let someone else have a turn, you know, like, cool. Like, you know, and that they're that they're really trying to be like super diverse with it and everything, you know, so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, I'm excited to watch this stuff, like, also without any sort of expectations, you know. Um, not that I had a ton of expectations for like Spider-Man, like they better do this, they better do this. But like, you know, I just, I just wanted it to be good. Whereas with this stuff, it's just like, yeah, like do, do what you want with it. I'm here for it, you know, you know, kind of see where it goes, you know, that's the thing. I'm, I'm just happy to be nominated at this point, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm happy we're getting something. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's Oscar Isaac though. Like he would really have to take a really big swing in the wrong direction for me not to, yeah. Even like begrudgingly like it. Like I, I, they're, they're definitely like, they've got a lot of goodwill built up for me in terms of yeah. this series and the, the, uh, the faith they seem to be putting behind it. Cause you, I mean, Ethan Hawke it was kind of like a joke and like a punchline for, 
for a while in Hollywood, but he, he's he's a great actor. Like he he's he's kind of had a re- renaissance. And he does like these smaller indie projects. I think he would he'd done what Boyhood. He worked on that project for ages. Like he, he, there's also some like horror movie coming out with him in it. Where it's almost like it, but he's like a human serial killer and goes after children or something. Oh, I haven't seen. Yeah, I've look seen at it. That. that that trailer looks fucked up. Like it doesn't look like him. Yeah, like a friend of mine was like, "Oh, Ethan Hawke's in a new horror movie." Like, but yeah, you should definitely check it out. That sounds right up. Especially being the horror fan that you are, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's out yet. I think it's like coming out. So that may be why we haven't heard a lot about it. But and it's been cool to hear, kind of like through interviews and stuff. They've been very kind of cagey and not saying much. But Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. has talked about like Oscars doing like an amazing performance. Like he, he's like Ethan Hawke's like this man is is killing it. This is a, a new. Yeah a new like standard which is i like to hear that and also i just want fucking merch yeah. tim i just want a moon i want a moon knight sweatsuit okay i want the boxers yeah. i want the knee-high socks like i i just i just need to be able to consume <laughs> i mean i yeah, have most uh, of the stuff that, that, that they've released i got the bobbleheads i got the pops i got the one yeah. action figure like so ready to just consume <laughs> yeah See, that's it, it, it was funny too because I was thinking how, like, I almost I don't want to say I envy you because, yeah, it, w- it would suck to have to wait as long as you have to get kind of your hero done right. But, like, having Spider Man done it at the very beginning, you know, it was like him and X Men, like, they're what kind of launched yeah. this whole like renaissance, you know, like, and I guess uh, Dark Knight trilogy too, like, that was I think around the time, maybe a little bit after, but like, you know, all, all, all the ones that are part of the, this new era of like the modern, you know, like everything since like the original Batman and Superman movies and then the terrible like punisher and captain america garbage that you know like like the dolph lundgren punisher and all that stuff you know i kind of got got to get what i wanted right off the bat so it's like i'm almost like oh man like what must it be like to be like yes i'm finally getting the thing i mean and i guess to be fair like i definitely got that with like the um you know with a lot of the avengers stuff kind of bringing everything together that's also my thing aside from spider-man like that character the idea of this like continuity and like things coming together and seeds being planted like the whole infinity saga that they did that you know started long before we even know it started you know and it's like oh by the way this is what we've been building to all along you know like yeah i think it's it you know it's 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 cool to see like you know you you getting that 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 kind of fresh new like ooh, i'm getting this thing now you know and you know i don't know what'll do it for me next like what marvel will have to do to kind of re-energize me to that level but like i mean although then again like if no way home does what i'm hoping they're doing then sure i mean so let's put a pit in that real quick like the, okay. the closest that I f- have felt to this is like what they did with boba fett in mandalorian mm. like yeah that to see him be the dude that I always knew he was like I, a little lesser extent to Luke. Like, and we, we kind of disagree on Luke a little bit. Like it was great to see him. I it was so cathartic to see Luke chopping wood, but more so than that, Boba Fett getting to come out, like he doesn't right. need the armor and he's this monster. And then he come like, you see slave one coming out of frame. Like the way they tease the reveal of that character, he comes out in the armor, just swinging. Like, it, it, like that's how it feels is like, I've been waiting to see this guy for so long. And like Moon Knight, very much less of a time frame than Boba Fett, right? Because like mm-hmm. I don't remember ever not knowing about Boba Fett. So yeah. like the the <laughs> it's similar to that where it's like I, I can't believe they're doing this guy. How whole oh, 
even if like even if they just do a little bit how cool you know like that that's right it's disney like i i mean different studios obviously but like favreau for mandalorian i mean he should be that for star wars like feige is for marvel because i think they both understand what works about them like yeah so it's it's really cool to be able to to be on the cusp of like a hero and it's a thing like everybody loves batman or like 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 I feel like the, the the heroes that have been out are have been the ones that have been popular for a long time. Like even if they mm-hmm. didn't have movies and TV shows, they were like ubiquitous. Like they were so popular that pe- like even yeah. if you hadn't read comics, you knew who Spider Man was or Batman. Right. So the fact that we're getting into like the deep cut shit, and I I mm-hmm. love deep cuts, and it, it's also like a lot of my interests are fueled by like, well, everybody likes this thing over here. Maybe I can find something weird in 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 the corner and then i can devour all of that because nobody else finds it valuable like that's also what right. night was for me and then then you find that there's also this other like almost like cult following to him and you like there's other people who find those things so cool one of the greatest moments in in my moon Knight fandom was going to meet dave finch at uh, uh pop culture con and oh, nice. standing in line gonna get him to sign it and I'm in this the line with these guys who've got the the it's like the first issue of his run and it's the sketch cover so it's white and they've got this big crescent moon filled out where he could sign real easy and I was kind of feeling down on myself like oh it's cool you guys got the sketch cover and they asked me what I got and I have this bloody knuckles variant of the the sixth issue which is one of the, my favorite issues he's got his brass knuckles on and in the mm-hmm. the the, the stand, like the regular cover is really badass but the bloody knuckles one was like i was really excited it's like i just got the bloody knuckles one i saw their eyes light up they're like oh shit you it was so cool to see like they were also excited that i had this other thing like it was it there was no kind of like looking down on me for having a lesser variant cover it was it's just been such a cool weirdos like moon knight like and and i love weirdos like i i think they're they're they have to be who they are you know like it's it's this is not the the wonder bread of heroes. This is you had to dig to find Moon Knight, and I'm so glad right. people have and are going to continue to find. It. So I, I think for our uh, um, great ideas that go absolutely uh, absolutely nowhere segment, we need to talk about No Way Home. That's okay. <laughs> great ideas that go absolutely no way home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they're making every cardinal sin of a Spider Man sequel, and not only are they doing everything that all the other one mistake, but they're doing all the same ones. They're bringing all of the shit from the previous two franchises. And they're going to try, like, it's like Feige said, okay, Spider-Man has ended two film franchises. And the final film in both of those franchises did the same thing. They went too much, too fast. And Feige's like, you know what? I'm going to do it better. Here's my third Spider-Man movie. And I'm going to do all of those things, and I'm going to try and fix them in one film. Tim, the balls on this man. The balls. Well, I mean, by now, I mean, how many fucking successful Marvel films have we had where it's just like, hey, like, I think. And here, here's the it's thing. Spider-Man. It's, it's the thing. Yes. It's like we everything in my brain is telling me this is bad. This is not what you do with Spider-Man. It's too much. Part of it is also that, like, I feel like we haven't seen, and I, I, I didn't realize this until I was watching like some special features about uh, Far From Home, mm-hmm. where it talks about how like at the very be- at the very end of that, 
when he's like back web swinging in New York. Like I realized that even, even in homecoming, we don't get like the New York city Spider-Man. We get so, the like, Queens, we haven't, like it's Queens right. where he's at. Right. It's like the down home friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So like, we haven't really seen Tom Holland be that Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. We get a glimpse of it at the very end when he's swinging around with MJ and it's just like, and like, yeah, like I, you get this kind of nostalgic, like, Oh, this is what I felt watching the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is like, Holy shit. Look at him swinging through the buildings and all that stuff. You know, the concrete jungle or whatever they call it, you know? So I think part of it is also that just like, like Tom Holland has been, a very different Spider-Man, you know, I think because they were trying to make him and his story very distinct from like the other two Spider-Man franchises. And like I said in the past, like they definitely are treating this Spider-Man franchise as like peripheral to the Avengers event in the comics. Right. Right. Like this is like the civil war Spider-Man issues during the civil war event. Like it is very, it's been to serve the larger narrative of the Avengers rather than to give us a Spider-Man story. Yeah. So I, I think like a lot of it is trying to maybe like rectify all of that. Cause like even, I mean, and that's part of it too, by the time we get Tom Holland, like they'd already used up like most of the good villains by that point. Right. Like Mysterio's fine. You know, Vol- I love what they did with Vulture. Like right. Vulture's terrible, but what they did was amazing. Do you see like, they're doing a Vulture you know, series? They're giving Michael Keaton a series. Really? Like a yeah. like a Disney Plus series? I I think it's Sony because Sony owns. Oh, okay. Like I I think it, if it is in development with Disney Plus, it's some way related to Sony as well. Okay. Huh. I mean, yeah, that that'd be cool. I mean, I I really like that villain. I feel like they they made him way more three dimensional than he ever was in the comics. You know, like it doesn't uh, help. It doesn't hurt that they cast fucking Michael Keaton. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I'd watch shit. him do anything, you know, he, he's that yeah. good. Like, and he grounded it. He grounded a very silly character. Like in the, like you, you that's that, that iconic, really like first appearance with the actual feather costume is, yeah. is silly. It's, and he's bald. He kind of, yeah. he has that like kind of almost beakish face and like the ruffle around his yeah. throat. Like it's very like literal vulture. Like I, I think yeah. they did a great job with that design. Oh yeah. Part of what I'm worried about is like, I think from what I've seen, like where the story's going, like it's not, I almost wonder if we're actually going to see like Toby Maguire and, uh, Andrew Garfield, because the way they're kind of referring to it, it's like, oh, it's all these different villains from different universes coming in. So it's almost like, yeah, it's not the same Doc Ock from the the Tobey Maguire universe. Because like, it, yeah, like if you look at Electro, he's not blue like he was. Right. He's actually has like yellow lightning and has the like the the star on his face, you know, when he lights up. It looks um, great. Like I'm, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that character design. Like I I like Amazing Spider Man two probably more than most people. Like, I really enjoy that film. I think it's visually stunning. And I, I don't, I love Jamie Foxx. Like, it, it's not comic yeah, book no, accurate he's great. at all. Like, I, I yeah. totally get that. And the look is weird and the itsy bitsy spider thing I know you have a problem with. But, like, I love looking at that <laughs> film. So, like, it was really cool to see Jamie come back and get to have, like, the iconic. I, yeah. I think Electro's 70s goofy outfit is one of the cooler ones. I think that one kind of has a, a charm to it, you know? Yeah. And and I think that's, that's it is like, I think they're, they're, they're not saying, yeah, this is the same electro. They're kind of like, 
referencing the fact, well, Jamie Foxx has played Electro before. So there's a connection. Right. But it's not like like they pulled him out of that exact universe. Um, and actually, my biggest complaint with his Electro is that they basically did kind of like what they did to the Riddler in uh, <laughs> Batman Forever, where it's like, you said one wrong thing, so I'm going to become a villain and murder everybody. Like they did that to Electro, where like, he, what was it? Like he was trying to like talk him down. And then something had like, oh, you're not, you're against me. And all of a sudden he just like went full villain because of like one little, like, and I was just like, wait, what? No. Like, um, especially cause like he was, I think, you know, when he, when he was starting out, he was like, you know, just kind of this meek little scientist guy. I forget exactly what the, I actually had seen that once. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like, it, it was kind of like with, with Batman versus Superman. Like it just like the fight just amped up immediately. Right. Like there was no real motivation to be like, oh, we need to fight now. You know, like, oh, we have to fight. Uh, how do we do that? What if he says this? Yeah, well, we'll go with that. Have him say this, you know? And it's like, no, you know? So like, I, I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing, like, I, I like the idea of Jamie Foxx as Electro and I didn't mind the way he looked. Like that was my problem with it. So like, if they can actually give that character a little more depth. I also like, I'm, I'm not opposed to the idea of making villains more complex by making it that they're not like evil people. They're just kind of caught up in something and have these things happen to them. Right. But like, I don't know. I mean, there's something to be said for someone who's just like a criminal, like, you know, they're almost like this, like force of nature. Like you can't reason with them, you know? Right. And, and I kind of like, I don't necessarily want Electro to be the type of guy who, I mean, you know, we have Sandman for that. Sandman went, went good for a while. He was like, you know, and, and I feel like they did that with that character, you know, right. in Spider-Man three, that was, that was a kind of cool part of Spider-Man three. Like the fact that, I mean, I don't necessarily like that, Peter just let him get away after. Right. But the fact that he was just like, I'm doing this to save my daughter. Like, yes, like, like I, I think it's cool. We do have some characters that are like that, but I almost feel like they were trying to do that with too many of them. Cause I think that was one of the things with, was it Max Dillon? I think his name was like, he's just like a criminal. Like I just, I just want to steal shit. And, you know, so it's like, you know, you get this kind of very, relentlessness behind those characters and it's like how do you stop them like it has to be right it's like physical purely physical thing because you're not going to reason with them see um, that's something i, I like I, about the inclusion of lizard i think that's going to kind of fill mm, that yeah. niche is it's kind of like that's this true, animal yeah. instinct thing and i mean yeah I, there, there's there's potential uh and it's the thing, like i am so i'm so tired of this film already because i we've been waiting for it for so long <laughs> And they've been teasing everything for so long. And the last three or four months, it's been like every part of my feed is like new rumors, new casting, new, like, mm-hmm. I just, I just need to see it and exercise the demon. I need it out of my right. system. And I need to like, and I like that they're doing the parallel with the MJ fall. And like, I love mm-hmm. that they're, they're kind of calling back to that moment. And I like that they're, it almost seems like we might be getting like Pete is part of, this sinister six like the like the the idea that in the trailer it sounds like strange is saying everybody here is destined to die by the hand of spider-man so we need to kill them because they're variants and they don't belong here and you're going to kill them in other universes anyway and i think it's a really interesting place to put pete in because this is not a peter that we've seen really kill anybody if he's killed anybody it's been like the thralls from uh endgame like that 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 race of aliens that Thanos had. Even then, I feel like he probably hasn't killed anyone. He probably webbed them up and slowed right. them down. So it, it, it raises a really interesting question about Spider-Man is, is Spider-Man a killer? And yeah. this really young, still in high school, 
Peter Parker? What, how does he deal with that kind of knowledge that in all of these different universes, at least five, right? Spider-Man kills. Yeah. I think we've seen five villains, right? Although I feel like we see the, the, the uh, Norman green goblin and also the Harry green goblin. Yeah, there, there's definitely like a, a uh, surfboarding, like airboarding. Yeah. Um, and with the, like the without, goggles, but the head, yeah, yeah. With a different thing. So I, I don't know. I doubt it's Franco, like if it, if it's anybody. Maybe maybe yeah. they get um, Harry from Amazing Spider-Man and like oh, yeah. go go hobgoblin, like physical affectation. <sighs> See, that, that was another thing. Like I, there were so many pieces of those that I thought was great. Like, like what, like hit, yeah, his, his green goblin was fucking creepy. Like how the shit like went into his skin, but it's like, we, he just kind of pops in for the second film, you know, like, like that was, that was one of my favorite things about the Sam Raimi trilogy is, is like Harry moving through the three. And like, that was, you know, like his arc was the, probably the best thing about that, you know, like him, him going from being the best friend, but like, Oh, like my girlfriend kind of likes him. And then, you know, when he's in the, in the second one, he kind of goes off over the edge and he's like really kind of like, um, cartoony kind of, mm. but like, that's what kind of leads to this darkness and then finding out that your best friend murdered your father. And that leads to him kind of, you know, taking up the mantle, but then like, you know, and him, you know, getting disfigured, but then like saving his best friend in the end, like, like that was fucking brilliant. Like that whole thing was, was, was perfect. Um, that, that to me was not what was wrong with the third one you know right um so yeah so i would love to see either that be revisited or yeah like if we got to spend more time well and that's part of it too is like in in the amazing spider-man like we got the harry osborne green goblin before we got the norman osborne green Goblin. like that was that was stupid like like no like that's the whole point is it's this you know you're fighting the father of your best friend and now you're fighting your actual best friend and we didn't get to see their relationship develop because he wasn't there in the first one. And he just pops back in in the second one, like, oh, we're supposed to care about me because I'm Harry Osborne, you know? And, but, like, the design was amazing. Like, yeah. I love that it. it was just kind of like this Borg kind of Green Goblin, you know? Like, yeah. that was great. It was an interesting take, and it would have been cool. Like, I, again, like, the, the cardinal sin of these films has been trying to do too much. Like, they, they used, it's the first, kind. like, I mean, I don't know if, I don't can't remember where BVS came out versus Amazing Spider-Man Two, but it was like these microwave multiverses. It, it's it just doesn't work. You can't set up a concept like this, the Sinister Six in one film. Either you have them all like if you have them all show up and like introduce like two or three of the characters mm. through the lens of the Sinister Six, but we've established all these other guys. That's how you do it. I feel like like I can't. Well, and I think maybe that's part of it. Is they're like we've already seen these characters in other universes. So it's like, this is a way we can bring them in without being like, well, who's this guy? It's like, well, no, he's from that one. He's from that one. You know, it's like, I feel like that's what they've been doing a lot lately is like, let's take aspects of different like storylines from the comics and kind of like merge them. So it's a way of being like, we're doing the multiverse, but we're also doing the sinister six. And that's how we can make this work because, you know, yeah, we can throw these two together. Like we can, we can throw six villains together at one story because we've already introduced these, but it's another universe, you know? And so, then, I mean, that part of it, like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't see any problems in that. It's more a matter of the writing. Like, what are you, are you going to give all these characters something to do that justifies them being there? You know? See, and here's the other thing is like the, the stakes of this, this 
third Spider-Man film seem huge, yeah. right? Like this is multiverse huge. Like yeah. the ramifications of what happened. Now, are they are they going to sequel bait with this, where they're not going to resolve anything, mm. or are they going to do this huge storyline in one film? And I think there, there's pros and cons to both, but I also feel like the mistake would be try to resolve all of it in one film in my head. Because also, like, I, I don't know if you've seen Venom 2. Oh, the Rise of Carnage or whatever? Yeah. Is the movie out yet? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's oh. it's been out. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's streaming or anything. Yeah, oh, okay. I, guess, maybe I mean, I knew that it was coming out. And I saw the trailer, but I, yeah, I didn't see the film. So, so like, a spoil, like, the post-credits of that is, like, that version of Venom enters the MCU. Like, oh, okay. everything goes wobbly, and it, it's like Spider-Verse, and he sees on TV that they've revealed who Peter Parker is. Like, oh, okay. So, like, we've also got Venom. So it, it's like, there's your six, right? Like, Venom is also in this. Mm. Now, I don't know if it's going to be like Doctor Strange versus the Sinister Six in Spider-Man, or what what it's going to take. But, like, I'm also like, do we wrap up all this timey-wimey shit and then, like, Venom hasn't done anything and then we get Spider-Man and Venom and that's the way, that that's the next one is, like, a Spider-Man Venom buddy cop or something. Like, I don't, or do you do the black suit? How do you, like, Venom right. also entering the chat is a, a part of it that is interesting. See, that that's more my problem with all this is that, because I feel like Venom, like the, the, the Tom Hardy Venom, yeah, is the only one of these characters who who hasn't had a personal relationship with Spider-Man, some form of Spider-Man. Right. Like, yep. he just kind of grew up in isolation. And yeah, there's no Spider-Man me, in that right. universe, as far as... Yeah, and, and to me, the best thing about Venom is that he is this dark mirror of Spider-Man, you know, and the progression that leads to that, which... You know, and that was one of the things, honestly, I didn't hate the way they handled it in um, in Spider-Man 3 because we did get the whole, the, the, the suit, symbiote suit coming to Spider-Man, bringing out his darkness, making him face his darkness, him casting it off, and then it finding someone who also hated Peter Parker. Like that, that to me is the core of what Venom is, not just, oh, a, a jacked guy with this voice in his head. You know, like right. that being a result of these two beings being fucked over by Peter Parker and coming together because of a mutual hate for him, right. you know, in him having to fight this thing that looks like a dark, ugly version of himself. Right. So like I, all of that, you know, I, I like that storyline, too. And I mean, like there are problems with Topher and there's problems with that design and all of that stuff. Like, but I think Venom becomes more interesting when you think about. I mean, with, like, Flash having cancer or Eddie, mm. like, dealing with those, like, the most recent runs of Venom have been really interesting to me because they oh, sure, yeah. dealt with, like, and I, I get, like, it comes from, like, okay, they, Venom's moved on and found a different host and the, like, that symbiotic relationship pun it, it becomes interesting and intertwined and that stuff. But I think it, it's a really interesting angle. And that's, this is, this is something that, like, my concern with Venom also entering this universe is I want it to be done well. I don't want Venom to be sidelined because it's, it's Tom Hardy. I fucking love Tom Hardy. And I love this characterization of that character. But I think it's really interesting to think about a Venom never interacting with Spider-Man. 
and then falling in love with Spider-Man. That, okay. that and having an obsession yeah, with Spider-Man and wanting to help and being too much, and that's where they conflict. And then maybe you do a reverse Marvel meet cube where they're friends and they team up and they find that they have different priorities and they can't be friends, and then they fight. Like, I, I, I like that aspect, but I, I want that to be a movie. I don't want that to be, like, the C or D plot line in fucking this nonsense movie with everything going on, you know? Like, yeah, those two characters are so closely intertwined that, like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I would like there to be a satisfying way to do that. And I don't know if, like, at the end of No Way Home, like, all of the consciousness of the other P- Peter Parkers go into Pete so it's like he's fought everybody. Or, like, they merge the universes so all of the Spider-Man events have c- happened in the same universe. Like, I don't know how they fix it yeah. or sew it up. And I don't think they sew it up in a satisfying way if it's just within the course of that one movie. Yeah, because that's part of it is like it's not clear how much time they spend on him being like, oh, the world hates me because they know who I am and dealing with the whole like, okay, Doctor Strange, can you fix this? You know, like, like how much time do we spend in that world before we kind of, you know, do the spell and it fucks everything up? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess part of what I was imagining happening is maybe it becoming like, you know, like, you know, and, and this whole thing of like, Oh, you have to kill all of them. Essentially. If that's what strange is saying, like, I guess I was more expecting it to become like a new status quo. Right. Cause I mean, this is the thing that, that, that kind of sucks about Spider-Man is he won't kill anybody. So it's like, these villains are all here. You know, it's almost like Jurassic world, you know, like look what you did. Now you yeah. have to live in a world with fucking dinosaurs. Like I, I just assumed it they would, they wouldn't leave. And it's like, these are your villains now. Like you have these, these six maniacs just running around in your world because you wouldn't kill them and because you did this thing. Cause I mean, that's that, you know, that way. Cause I feel like in the, yeah, in the past, you're right. Like, like they've all died somehow. And it's like, well, that's, that works in a movie, but that's not what happens in the comics. So if they are using this to make it more like in the comics where it's like, Oh, like maybe you lock them up, but they're going to escape one by one. You're going to have to fight them all again. You know? And that's, that's kind of, if that's what they're setting up, I could see that as being a way where it's like, yeah, like the movie doesn't end with him somehow murdering all of his villains. It ends with him being like, okay, like this is your world now, I guess you have to stay here, you know? And Tim, what if, what if this movie is like Iron Man three? What if there's just a bunch of Spider-Man suits? Like what, what if go with me on this? Parker recruits the Sinister Six to take down evil Doctor Strange. And they all get Spidey suits. So we get Superior Spider-Man says Doc Ock is it like gets with the <laughs> Doc like, Ock Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I was just picturing like how do they because this is this is the Peter Parker that grew up with Tony Stark as inspiration. So he's like the suit right. is, is a big component. I don't know. Like it, that was just a, a thought that came to me. <laughs> here's here's what's gonna happen. Is we're gonna do it. <laughs> Roger Rabbit style, where everyone from Into the Spider-Verse comes in as an animated character within this live action thing. And that's his team of like, you know, it's not an actual actor playing Miles Morales, it's the animated Miles Morales and and Ghost Spider and all, all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um you know, John Mulaney got out of got out of rehab and, and uh, stopped Went fucking right Olivia Munn so he could so he could do uh, Spider-Ham again. Went voice. right back <laughs> in the studio to make uh, silly spider and bacon puns. <laughs> You're right that it could be garbage. It could be like, okay, we took on too much. 
I'm not wanting it to be, like but I'm is... like, it has the potential. But, but that's the thing is like, this is the world we've probably spent, well, between this and X-Men, like across the different yeah. timelines, whatever. I think X-Men probably have the most right. um, amount with that. Although, yeah, I don't know if you, I mean, I don't know if you could count that because they're different characters every time. I like to okay, count. Mean, because they link Lo- it through Logan, right? Like they, there's, right. there's connective, there's enough connective so what is it? tissue. Is it, is it like nine films that he's in something like that there's yes. the original trilogy think, there's yeah. the oh no maybe it's 10 because aren't he's there in, four of the because there's first class he's in uh days of future past phoenix age of apocalypse phoenix so that's four in the sort of the the next class series I, is he in four, apocalypse right? though i don't think he's in apocalypse uh, and then logan oh, okay is the other one yeah and then those yeah the, then his his own trilogy the yeah. original x trilogy oh yeah with yeah origins the wolverine and logan and logan yeah so so yeah he probably of course that's also the same actor playing the same character as opposed to spider-man we've had right so this is this will be our one two three four five six this will be the eighth like spider-man solo film with different people right um right yeah so so i don't know like i feel like it's a way of and i you know what i like about it it's a way of acknowledging that yes there have been these reboots but they're not just like garbage. Like they still matter. They're still going to have an effect on this. They're still going to tie into that somehow. Um, and and yeah, like maybe maybe that's what Strange is talking about. It's kind of bringing to light this idea that like in the past, every time we've had a villain, like they're going to fight and the villain dies, and that's the only way we can move on from this. And it's like yeah, but that's not what happens in the comics, and that's not that's not you know that's not teaching a good lesson on how to resolve differences. It's right. Just like kill the villain and then you'll never have to fate, you know? Um, so I, I, I think strange is, you know, and I think strange is also being, you know, the, the adult as the, in that part of it, you know, it's like, like with war, it's like, you have to go off to war and you have to kill the enemy, you know, like right. here's a person in front of you who's being told the same shit you're being told, but you have to kill him before he kills you, you know, like, and you know, that sort of young idealistic, like, no, there's another way. There's a better way to deal with this, you know? Right. So, so I think, yeah, I think that it's not that Strange is like evil and a villain. I think he's coming at it in a sort of pragmatic sort of way. But like, like I said, also as a way of showing a mirror to how the villains have been handled so far in all the Spider-Man movies up till now. I don't know why Strange does the spell. Like, I don't understand. He was like, his whole characterization in Avengers was, you don't fuck with the timeline. Like, right. So the fact that he like just does this thing, it just seems like so flippant and like not with any care. Like that that that's where it makes me think that like either it's not yeah. who we think it is, maybe well, that, this is all. Yeah, because in the comics it's it's Mephisto who like re right. reboots it. So maybe yeah, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe that's maybe that's why when they show him it's like winter in the mansion, maybe that's a reference to like you know, the opposite, like, oh, instead of Mephisto in hell where everything's on fire, we're going to show him where everything's cold or something like that, you know, maybe, so yeah, maybe that's part of it too. I feel like everyone wanted Mephisto to show up in, a, a you know, WandaVision, so maybe this yeah. is where he actually comes in, you know, and again, yeah, it's tying that story. Oh, we've got Sinister Six, we've got uh, One More Day, you know, which, you know, again, we're, we're referencing that, but, you know, maybe, you know, there's another layer to that. Like, oh, it actually is Mephisto because he's the one who did it, the original one. Um, and it's also like it would be kind of cool to get Avengers versus the Sinister Six. Like that would be a cool, like, interstitial Avengers film. Like if they're those guys mm-hmm. are still around, getting the band back together and then like, I don't know, like they, they, there's some potential for. Yeah, like I, I, I am 
I think I'm just stunned at like the audacity of the thing. It's just like the the idea that you're trying to conclude three trilogies in one film. Yeah. That's daunting trying, as fuck, man. And like trying to JJ Abrams that shit. <laughs> it's just it's it's too much. Like I I just it, it, it's it has potential to be really satisfying, but they're going to have to walk a razor thin line between like exposition. Like that, that's something I was really like the thing that I didn't enjoy about Eternals was just like, like info dump. Like, I don't know. Like it just felt like very much like most there's good character dynamics and stuff, but most of the writing of that film and the way it was put together was like to fill you in on these characters that you didn't know anything right. about. Like, hopefully you don't need that with Spider-Man, but if they spend any any longer than like the the two second money shot to show like oh that's actually doc doc oh venom's here like if they go into it any further than that real like they're gonna have to explain to this peter parker who they are but if they go into a whole kind of like flashbacky type place with it it's gonna be really disjointed you know yeah i mean it has potential to be the greatest spider-man movie of all time like i'm not yeah it, it very well could be. It could make all of those things satisfying and more pa- Like, if they do it, they have shown me no evidence to support that they couldn't do that. But it just, like, in my head, like, if I if I was going to set myself the task of writing this film, I would know, I would not take on Raimi's mistakes or the Amazing Spider-Man's mistakes. I would not do that to yeah. myself. Well, and to be fair, Raimi's mistakes was the fucking, you know, him walking down the street with the emo hair acting like an asshole, doing finger guns and then doing the, 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 the nightclub jazz dance, whatever the fuck that was like that. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, that's, that's like my biggest problem with that. Like, you know, um, that and like how they retconned Spider-Man's origin. That's my biggest problem. Oh no, it wasn't this guy. Yeah. I could have, I could have forgiven everything else. I could have forgiven Topher. I like, and like I, feel, I also feel like Topher wasn't the worst. Like I, I like that he was kind of like, like a blonde, better looking version of Peter Parker, which is what I think they were trying to do. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this is Peter Parker 2.0. He's more friendly. He's more this. You know, like instead of doing the whole like with Eddie Brock, where it's like, oh yeah, like I, I, you know, published this story that was actually fake, and I had, a, you know, I feel like it was a a cleaner way to connect them to, to put them in kind of direct opposition with with each other and like you know also like i feel like eddie brock in the comics i think he when he was was like the sin eater was some guy was confessing to being the sin eater and that was the story Mm. that uh that he was telling but it turns out that guy wasn't actually the sin eater so like i don't think brock knew that he was lying the whole time so that's part of why he viewed himself as an innocent and he, you know, holds to that in the comics. But like, but yeah, like with this guy, you know, he was a little more conniving. It's like, oh, I'm going to get the shot. I'm going to, which, which to me is kind of like, well, you know, Peter also takes pictures of himself and sells them to be like, oh, look, I got a picture of Spider-Man. And, you know, so I feel like it was kind of like playing with that whole thing of, you know, him being, you know, a, a different version that, you know, and, and how it's like, you know, him being like, Hey, you know, you can't be better at me than, than at, me you know kind of thing but anyway like I, I i didn't hate topher grace i i thought you know the way they adjusted who eddie brock was to be fit into a movie as opposed to the slow burn it took in the comic books right. plus i never said like yes it's cool that he's jacked and it makes him scarier because like he's already bigger than peter but it's also like well you know it's like i don't i don't understand how you know it doesn't make it, it doesn't fit into the sort of the yin yang persona as well as someone who i feel like topher grace looked a lot like he 
could have been a cousin of, of Peter or something like that. You I know? just then, never liked looking at his face on it. Like I, it, it's just a, <laughs> a, a, a me thing. I don't, I just don't like him. Like I've never, he's so weedly. That's the other thing. Like I wanted somebody more physically imposing because like Venom, Venom's a big deal. Like I, I, that that's, and it was also like, I would have been fine with a Venom movie. I would have been fine with a, uh, uh, a new Goblin and Sandman movie. Like, it would have been a great, like, dynamic to have, like, okay, mm-hmm. a, a team up, like, uh, uh, where uh, Harry's going to help this kid, like, er, this criminal reconnect with her, his kid and, like, uses the Sandman as a goon. Like, or did you continue that story of, like, okay, you're going to try and find Spider-Man and then the amnesia thing or whatever. Like, I, I just feel like there were two movies in that movie. And one of them I was really interested to see and. The other one, like, I think would have been better if it was by its, on its own, you know? Yeah. So. Like, I think that that movie, yeah, like, I feel like the, what worked for me about having the three villains was how Harry had to come around to help him because the other two villains were too much for him to handle. Um, Like, Sandman and Venom teaming up was kind of random and weird. Like, that didn't make a lot of sense. What's the thing? Like, I I think you really could have legitimized Sandman in that movie by making him like the bigger bet. Like, if if he was working with Harry and then decided, like, no, I'm not going to fucking listen to you anymore, and then just kind of goes God mode because he's huge. Like, he has this huge amount of power. Like, there's something definitely there. And if if that was who they had to team up to fight, and they had to like use science and shit to like freeze him or something, like, I I think that would have been a good catalyst you know like i I think it wasn't it wasn't a bad way to go about okay you need to handle this villain but like just make one of the villains really formidable and and it's just an editing decision just like do i would have loved to see a team up with sandman and hydro man that's what they that's what they should if they had a movie with just those two and that was sort of you know maybe i guess you could have done that with the other you know goblin jr and then save yeah. Venom for like part four or something like that. Right. Maybe that would yeah. have worked. Yeah, like you're, like you're right. Give him something formidable where he needs to turn his new villain back into his friend to help him out. You know? Right. And then then you can let the, the Venom story and do the black suit Spider-Man story. And because that's the thing. Like, there's so much going on in that film. Like the fact that like Pete is being pushed to more darker thoughts and, and actions is kind of at odds with this whole thing with uh, uh, um, Harry, because the whole thing is like Spider-Man's not a killer. He had to kill Goblin because it was like he, he avoided it, and Goblin killed himself. But the right. whole time, like it's just like Pete getting darker and darker as Harry's trying to figure out. Like he's trying to convince Harry he's not darker too. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel mm-hmm. like those two two aspects of the storytelling, especially for Peter Parker's character seemed to to not work as well gel as well not in the same tone or towards the same end so that that's been my thing like it's that one it's the fashion thing right like before you leave the house you take one thing off before you finish a spider-man <laughs> script you take one villain out that's mm-hmm. that's what i would do maybe that's why they only have five in this one they're like let's do sinister six like no take one villain out <laughs> well that's what i was thinking too so in the so we had green goblin we had Doc Ock was in two. In three, we had Goblin Jr., Sandman, and Venom. Yep. And then we had Lizard and Amazing Spider-Man. And we had other Goblin Jr. and Electro. Rhino. And, oh, we have Rhino shows up at the very end. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. So which I, I, I hope they're going to leave Rhino out. Yeah, we've gotten Vulture and Mysterio. Those are the other. And then Molten Man and Hydro Man were kind of in there, like right. They they refer to them as that, like as a yeah. reference to the, even though it's not actually like those villains, but right. So yes, yeah, so I don't know. I I, I almost wonder. I, 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 a cool thing just popped in my head. So like how they talk about like Strange being the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. What if the point of this film is to be like that? That this Peter Parker is going to be the Spider-Man Supreme. Ha. Like of all the multiverses, <laughs> you were the one who handled these villains in the appropriate way, instead of just like murdering them or Spider-Man letting them kill themselves. Supreme. You kind of you found a way to kind of like make this work somehow or whatever. I like that a lot. That's... Well, because it's interesting because we do get that moment of like when I don't know if they've like captured Doc Ock, but when they're talking to him in the other room. Mm. And it's like, okay, like they're having a discussion. Like, I feel they like. They seem to be teaming up. Or like, they, or yeah. like, Octavius is like trying to communicate what's going on. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's a tech genius. Like, Pete looks up right. to these tech geniuses. And the fact that there is no Dr. Octavius in the MCU is also a strange. You know, something else just occurred to me, too, is that many, many of his villains have all been father figures to Peter. So, and that being kind oh, of shit. his, his trauma from, you know, losing Uncle Ben, losing his dad, losing Uncle Ben, then losing Stark, that could be maybe part of what he's dealing with is that like all of these villains in the pre, like, like Norman Osborn, like, you know, that was sort of like, Peter was the son he wish he had, you know, um, you know, when he goes to, to see Octavius, yeah, like you said, looking up to the, oh, he's doing this thing and, you know, him being fascinated with it until he became a villain, which I mean, again, like he's not evil. Like right. there was this fact of him trying to do this thing. He kind of pushed science too far. His wife died. This thing, got, these things got fused to him that were kind of like taking, oh, getting into his head, you know, fucking with him, you know, and like, oh, I just have to do it bigger then it'll work, you know, like, and how, you know, he kind of saves the day at the end of that, of, of two, I think was a, an interesting way to take that, you know, that it was, you know, his like sacrifice, but, but still, yeah, it was someone that Peter looked up to. Um, yeah, not, I guess not so much with Sandman or Venom. Maybe that maybe that was what made three go off the rails. That he had no like his villain wasn't a father figure in that in that sense. Right. Uh, but like Lizard, like that was you know again a scientist who he really looked up to. Yeah, again, not so much in Amazing Spider-Man two. He didn't have a you know Electro wasn't a father figure type character. So right. so I don't know. Maybe you know maybe that's an element to it where it's like you know it's been kind of Spider-Man's weakness all along is yeah to latch on to someone who you know, okay, I don't have a dad. I don't have my uncle anymore. You know, who's, who's someone who can kind of, you know, you know, and, 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 you know, he's had those in those other, you know, Tony was this one, but Tony wasn't a villain and Tony also died. So it's like, you know, maybe part of it's like how he's dealing with that, you know, is he going to meet this Doc Ock and like that could potentially be a role model for him because, you know, maybe he's not as crazy as he was in the second one. And, you know, maybe he has more control over his limbs or maybe he's just a crook, like, you know, that, you know, so, you know, I think, I think that's one of the things like the, the Spider-Man villains that I do like, yeah, like they do have this, this deeper, like I said, vulture, like who the fuck, he's just like this guy who's like, oh, I'm just going to, steal shit because i don't i'm too old and you know it's like I don't, I don't give a fuck about that you know but like um you know like yeah green goblin like venom like they all have these very personal ties to peter you know yeah doc ock like that's come up a lot in the comics where there's this you know this sense of like oh they could be working together because they're both scientists and they're both really smart except that you know he just 
goes too far. You know, he doesn't have the, the, the those ethics, you know, and um, I mean, that's what made, you know, that whole, I didn't read all of it, but the superior Spider-Man so intriguing that yeah. like, Ock finally got to prove like, Oh, okay. If I had the chance to be a good guy, I would be a great good guy, right. you know, yep. and seeing that play out, you know, and so I, I wonder how much of their interaction is going to maybe be based on the themes of those where, you know, once he took over Spider-Man's body, he didn't use it to become a villain. He used it to become a better Spider-Man, you know, and um, I think he was a lot like more violent and he was using a lot of his like science mind to like create more gadgets and make him, you know, yeah, make himself a better Spider-Man. So it's like, I wonder if that's going to play in at all. I don't know. I like, I, it's also like, I, think I, that's would the thing to, I, I would hate to burn these villains again is the thing. Like I, what a cool unit. Like if the MCU had Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn and he like heads up the Thunderbolts eventually, like that would right. be really cool. Or if we got like a, a Doc Ock as like a, a real contender, like fighting off the Avengers. Like I, I think that's the other thing is like, don't cock tease me with these villains that I really liked. And then they're gone within the scope of one, one issue, one movie. Right. You know, that's the yeah. other thing is like, I, I'm so excited to see all these guys come back, but it's also like, well, where do they go afterwards? Do we get to use these guys again? Or is it just a right. fluke? Like, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, no, no, but no, but that, yeah. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping is maybe they'll become like part of this Marvel universe. Maybe that's their way of bringing these people in, you know, because it's like, or maybe, I mean, maybe best case scenario is there are a few casualties and we lose some of the, the dead wood, you know, like, I don't, I don't know that we need the lizard. I feel like the, no. you know, those, you know, that story is kind of tired again. Like the only reason I like this new vulture is because of how they put him together. So it's like, cool. Yeah. I would, I would deal with that vulture more. I do want to see Scorpion at some point too, because I yeah. do like, um, like one of the things I really like that about, like about his origin is like the whole thing with, um, uh, you know, JJ kind of hiring him to go after Spider-Man and he oh. gets like stuck in that suit. So he hates Spider-Man, but he also hates J. Jonah Jameson because right. he was the one who got him stuck in there. And then in the comics, he's the one who ends up getting the Venom symbiote for a while when they do the Thunderbirds. Gotcha. And and he's like, he's fucking terrified because he's just like, again, he's one of those characters who's just like, I am a villain. I am a full out criminal villain. Like, I will just fucking eat someone, you know, like because that. They, didn't they tease him? He's in Homecoming, right? Like he he's in prison with. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah vulture so like we yeah. definitely have that characters out there in the world too and we've we've also got a miles in the mcu like, right yeah and we've got a prowler because uh yeah. uh donald glover uh, glover yeah so so yeah that is part of it is like i think i don't know maybe they're they're yeah i think i think they're looking on the past going like look we would kind of build up these villains have this personal connection then they die then okay next film bring in a new villain then they die like you know why not bring these these villains back and yeah like maybe maybe that's the the goal is that these villains can work their way into the you know marvel universe proper and you know yeah maybe we will have like you know um i don't know she hulk fighting villain fighting venom or something like that you know like like if all this is is fair game it's like yeah why not i mean yeah i would i would, I would love to see you know yeah like like bring willem dafoe in and have him just be like oh i'm here but Oh, I'm also on the download going to come uh, as Willem Dafoe and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start this whole corporation and like actually see, you know, all that kind of play itself out and him establish this this place there. I mean, again, it wouldn't have the same connection because it's not Tom Holland, Spider-Man's best friend's father, but like, you know, to still have him there. I feel like in the Marvel Universe, he moved beyond just being a Spider-Man villain. So I think you could potentially do that here, too. 
And it'd be great with like Sam Rockwell as Hammer. Like if we get Hammer and Gabi together, like I, oh, I think yeah. that would be really interesting. Like that was that's how you build the Thunderbolts is like on the back of this like this tech company. Like I, it's yeah, there's a lot of potential for sure. Well, that's about enough of that. And here's Tim with the final word: multiverse. See you next time. Bye. Bye. They're going to say, get me some specters of Spider-Man. <laughs> Tyna does that all the time for some She, at one point she had put like a, uh, she was eating some ice cream in this, in this pint. She had like the spoon sticking out and she made a, a face <laughs> with it. Get me oh, some nice. pictures of Spider-Man. She does it all the time. It makes me really happy. It's really funny. <laughs> um, I, oh, can I say, I love that like for this version of JJ, J. Jonah Jameson, he doesn't have the big ridiculous teeth. I mean, I yeah. feel like that was perfect for the other version because it was, yeah, they were still like trying to find that balance between realistic and comic booky. So I think I think it worked, and he was a nice comic relief. But I like that he's just like a normal ass person in this one. It's like it'd be it's funny to, to see him like actually yeah. do more. Like if he's kind of in the background giving narration, I'll be very pleased. <laughs> yeah, perfect casting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want I want to hear more of his voice. <laughs>